Previously on Jan Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Every fucking day when I wake up, that's all I think of. I thought about it Sunday. I thought about it Monday. <laughs> am, I, am I remembering correctly that she, like, steps up on the ladder, screws on the light bulb, and then goes, there, done. <laughs> There's a lot of fitting musical tracks in this episode. We had Death Cab in the car. Yeah. Chemical Brothers at Boom Boom. We had that. Going under evil love and insanity dub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time for J.N. Mitchell's The O.C. Podcast. Hey, guys. It's another episode of J.N. Mitchell's The O.C. Podcast. The podcast where we talk about every episode of the 2003 Fox primetime teen soap opera, The O.C. My name is Mitchell. My best friend's name is Jay. There he is. Hello! Via uh, Zoom, because we are still locked down in quarantine. Zooming, baby! I think we got the hang of it, kind of, at this point. It's going to be weird when we're able to actually like do this in person, I feel like. <laughs> I'm going to be way more intimidated. We'll be sitting side by side with Zoom apps open on our phones and just yeah. still, still doing it this way. At least in selfie mode so that I can look at myself the whole time yeah, while, we, while we talk to each other because it's all I do anyway. <laughs> uh, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm so good. I just watched this episode earlier today, and I meant to say it last episode because we did sort of talk about, I guess it was episodes five and six were a bit of a bit of a drudge. We kind of like had to power through it because they weren't the best of episodes, but yeah. then episode seven was really great, and then episode eight was also pretty great. I liked it. it it's... These two episodes have restored my faith in the show. Not that okay. I lost it, but I'm faith. I have more faither about this show. You're faithier about it. Fa- uh, just a bit faithier. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, this episode was solid. It was, you know, a smaller episode. There wasn't. They weren't trying to pull out all the stops on this one. They kind of did that on the last one. So this is a quieter, more like reflective episode. There's more time spent with like characters developing relationships with each other and things like that, which I'm always a fan of less like plot driven. There's, there's not really like that, you know, that one character that in the Donnie character, you know, yes, the person that I, enters for one episode kind of fucks shit up and then yeah. exits quietly <laughs> or loudly uh, yeah, in I, his case. I think with redoing, redoing this and, and, and rewatching it um, up until this point, I, I do not like the, character who comes in for one episode and is like the main focus of the episode i don't want that i want my i want my comfort foods i want my seth and ryan i want my sandy and kirsten yeah you want your main characters to be your main characters you don't want like some stranger coming in and taking over the whole show that's not why that's not why i tuned in Um, I think that's also my personality, though. It it takes me a while to like warm up to somebody. So if they're just in for one episode, yeah, I can't I can't make that connection. You might start getting into them by the end of the episode, but then they're gone, never to be and seen they, again. Then they shoot Luke in the arm and run out, and never <laughs> to be seen again. 
Oh man, I hope I hope Donnie shows up again, but I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> Something tells me he went on to hopefully better things. Hopefully, a mm-hmm. life of reform. He's an event coordinator now in Long Beach. He he plans out eight keggers. I mean, if you can pull that off, more power to you. Because that is an impressive feat. Where do you even get eight kegs these days? I don't know. You got to go to more than one uh, liquor store. It's a big coordination. Bless him, Donnie. Um, all right. Shall we jump in? Oh, hold on, Mitchell. I, d- I did it again. Oh, and, uh, we did it I- again. We did. Oops, we did it again. Um, <laughs> and and once again, we apologize to the listeners because um, last episode, episode seven uh, with Muhammad Joma, we were having so much fun that we got to the end of the episode and we just ended it. And we didn't give an OC MVP, and that was wrong of us. And for that, we are sorry. Um, but. We did, uh, in our text thread, we discussed it a little bit with Muhammad. We got his vote. I think it was unanimous. Episode 7, uh, we were going to give it to Summer. Are we cool with yeah. that? I'm cool with that. I was, I was on the fence between Summer and Ryan, just because I feel like Ryan was such a peacemaker in the last episode, and, you know, he's the only one who <laughs> ran to Marissa's aid when she, like, passed out in the alley at the end of the episode. But... I, I I understand summer. If it's a two to three, two to one vote, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was I was considering just because uh, Muhammad said like up until that point it was like the first episode that he actually liked summer, which I I think is a is a big step for her. Yeah, um, yeah, her character came a long way in that episode, and I think I think for that reason, yeah, I could she she deserves the MVP. All right. Even though she so was that, kind of <laughs> she's kind of a nightmare and a little anti-Semitic. <laughs> we're not giving it to her for that. No, we're giving it to her <laughs> for the the strides she made in character development. Yes. Um, okay, cool. So now cool. we've got that out of the way. Lay that to I rest. I think we're ready. Ready for the episode eight. Yeah. Season one, episode eight, The Rescue. So we begin this episode with a previously on like we always do, but this one was seemed a little bit longer. It seemed like they recapped the entire series. <laughs> Am I wrong? They did have like Sandy in meeting Ryan for the first time in Juvie. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like I don't know, maybe they thought like they hadn't they hadn't uh given that info in a while and if they'd gotten any new uh, viewers in the last couple of weeks, they're just like, who is this kid? Is that his son? Why does he live with them? What's his story? Why don't people like him? Yeah. I, I wonder if they took like a, um, like a little break. Cause usually shows when they run this long per season, you know, 25 episodes a season, they'll, they'll definitely take like at least a mid season break. Like I feel like around Chris mm-hmm. the the show probably took a little break, but, but I, I wonder if they took, you know, a few weeks off or something after the escape. Cause that was a big episode that ended with like, you know, the big uh, iconic image of Ryan holding Marissa. I feel like they would have, Fox would have pushed that episode pretty big. Like, check this out. This is a big deal. And then that's, it, it ends on such a cliffhanger. I could see them, you know, 
kind of like having a little gap before coming back with this episode, in which case like an entire series recap might have been necessary. Maybe also refresher Fox Fox is and I feel like they've been this way for a long time, like maybe all the way back to 2003. But they were also a big they're a big like sports like there's they have a lot of NFL games. They got baseball. And like I did notice that um, because one of the one of the sites that I reference when I do research, that's right, motherfuckers. We do research. Yeah, um, we take this a shit little, serious. <laughs> a little bit of research, but I, I think these episodes ended in like mid to late October. So okay. you got you got playoffs. your what's that? You're talking about playoffs. So yeah, we got we got playoffs. We got football. So they might have yeah they might have spaced out some of the you know not just had it continually. I don't even remember what night of the week it it came on when it was airing. Um, it, it feels like a but, Sunday night show, but I don't know if Sunday night was always like the cool night to watch the best TV. It is now. You get like your Game of Thrones and stuff coming on Sunday nights, all the big shows. But mm-hmm. you know, at in two thousand three, I'm not sure because at some point TGIF was the shit. Friday oh, yeah. night, stay in and watch TV all night. Don't mind if I do. That's but, the best. Uh, TGIF, SNCC was your Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Sitting on the orange couch. I think, well, you know, like uh, around this time, you had your like Thursday night NBC comedies. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Friends. Like, The Office and, uh, well, yeah, and even like Friends before that. I guess before but, that, yeah. Yeah. I associate Sundays with, yeah, HBO, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll look into this. We'll have a better we'll do a little more research as we tend to do. That's what we we're gonna dangle that. That's what you have to look forward to in uh, next week's podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense. That there would yeah maybe baseball playoffs. I could see that eating up a lot of their airtime. So yeah, that checks out. But yeah, so you get Ryan's whole origin story. You get Seth's kind of like coming of age how he like gains his confidence to talk to girls or whatever you get um jimmy's bullshit <laughs> like all his like financial stuff and like troubles with julie and his stuff with kirsten you get luke and marissa's whole story i feel tijuana of course it ends with that i feel like they just like maybe like extended the previously on from 30 seconds to about a minute just to like cram all this stuff in there which i thought was a fairly like concise uh retelling of the entire series up until this point i was like oh yeah they like hit all the high points pretty much um, so then we open on the Cohen's kitchen as we always do for breakfast. Um, but this isn't a fun jaunty breakfast. No, this is a very <laughs> solemn, uh, it's, it, I would call it the saddest breakfast. Such a bummer. I thought it was night. Like it was dark outside. It, it was super like. dark. Yeah. It was like, right, yeah. right. As the sun was coming up, everybody's in their PJs kind of like around the kitchen Island and you know, like Kirsten comes in and she's trying to get people, you know, to like eat breakfast and stuff and like nobody's hungry. Nobody wants to eat. Which is not like we were saying last week, pretty much every episode, they're all eating breakfast and enjoying cereal and bagels. And yeah, they're all just, it's so somber. Everyone's just like standing around that kitchen Island, not speaking. That's how you know something's like really off when they don't want to eat breakfast together. Mm -hmm. And of course it's because, 
uh, Marissa is in the hospital still. Um, they, all that we really know is Kirsten says that like, we're not going to hear back from the hospital for a while. We just need to like co- go on with our lives for the moment, uh, as hard as that may be. And, um, so we don't know if like the state, the condition Marissa's in, I assume she's like in a coma or something. Yeah. We know she's not dead. Yes. But it's doesn't seem like they're very optimistic about her condition at this point or they right. just don't know. We just don't know. So Ryan has a meeting with the Dean of Harbor, Dr. Kim today to see if he can uh, get admitted to the school. It's like, you know, this prep school, private school. So there's like a rigorous uh, process to admitting new students. It's the most beautiful high school in the history of high schools. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's more beautiful than like a lot of college campuses I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's insane. <laughs> um, it's also Sandy's first day of work. We learned from a uh, previous episode. He, he got offered that job at the private firm, Partridge, Savage, Partridge, and Con. Satan, and Con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satan and Satan. And um, this is his first day. Um, and uh, yeah, then after kind of uh, a few beats of, of silence and sadness, the phone rings. Now, they they're all like desperately want to know what marissa's condition is but nobody answers the nobody phone. answers this phone it rings and it rings and it rings and they all just kind of <laughs> stare at it like in shock do you I'm think like, well, or maybe they phone. were just like they don't want to hear bad news i, I know it was yeah. weird it was very like they do like a close-up of each character while it's ringing and they're all just kind of like it's oh, like they oh, don't know it. what it means when a phone is ringing <laughs> Is it's that like, good or bad? <laughs> is that a, what do we rings, do? rings two times? It's good news. <laughs> rings three times. It's bad news. No, they just kind of stare at the phone. And um, before we find out who's uh, on the other end or if they even answer it at all, we cut to um, Marissa's hospital room. And Marissa's in the bed and she's asleep or in a coma we don't know and she doesn't have any like tubes tied up to her mouth no and she has like full makeup on and like her hair is completely (laughs) (laughs) she looks fantastic (laughs) she's just kind of like chilling in the bed sleeping napping in the bed and uh (laughs) jimmy's next to her her dad jimmy and the cohen's enter so quickly you put that together okay jimmy called them and let them know What's going on with Marissa? I guess he said, come to the hospital. Um, apparently, she was awake. Marissa woke up, and as soon as they get there, Jimmy tells him, ah, she just fell back asleep. <laughs> but I, I swear she was awake, and they're just there like, <laughs> like, oh, well, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> we came all this way, and she just went back to sleep. Whatever. Uh, and then uh, Jimmy... Jimmy mentions that like he like thanks ryan essentially because he was like you know if you weren't there to get her and they hadn't like they apparently they airlifted her out of tijuana which i wanted to see how exciting would because ryan would probably like be the one that grabbed the harness oh yeah 
he, like, he would just fucking her like Rambo her out of there. He'd be like tug on the rope, like pull us <laughs> up. <laughs> he's he's somehow got like a machine gun and he's just like blowing. <laughs> blowing people away as the <laughs> helicopter takes off <laughs> why none of these people are your enemies <laughs> fuck you tijuana you did this to marissa it's like, no marissa well she didn't do it I, she, who's to blame you know i would say it's a combination of a lot who. of things luke her mother luke and her parents and her dad yeah um so yeah so jimmy's like yeah if they hadn't airlifted marissa out of tijuana she she he doesn't say she would be dead but he's like she he does that like she uh i don't even (laughs) i don't even want to say the words he pulls he tugs at his collar he's like so good thing good thing ryan found her um he says marissa is going to be able to leave in a day or so which is like very promising so I guess like not a coma, just like very sleepy. I here's the thing, and this might make me sound like a raging uh, drug addict, but <laughs> in a few seconds here, when Julie walks in, mm-hmm. she says something to the extent of you know half a dozen painkillers, just six, which is six. more than you should take. Uh huh. Unless they're like super high dosage. I don't think that kills you. It's, it's yeah. It's not good for you, but right. But it's not like a it's we not need a to air, dose. airlift her, uh, and then like every, it's kind of the equivalent of like Luke getting shot in the arm. Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> everybody's we like, like, "What are you guys a- freaking out about?" <laughs> we, that's why we started this podcast to make us sound tough. Yeah, he's like, "You just it's got like, shot in the arm. Half a dozen painkillers. Come on, <laughs> these Newport kids." They don't know how to party. Come to Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll shoot you in the tummy and we'll take a full dozen (laughs) painkillers. And that's how hard we are. We call it the tummy. Yeah. Shoot you in the tummy. (laughs) Make your tummy feel owie. Ouchie in the tummy. Get (laughs) him. Yeah. When Julie. So, yeah. Then Julie enters and. She, I could, I couldn't really get where she was coming from with this. She was like kind of going for sarcasm, but she walks in and she was like, "Oh yeah, a girl eats painkillers and washes it down with tequila. Perfectly normal, right?" Like, what, what is that? Who are you talking to? What are you trying Sometimes, to convey there? I think at this point, and she kind of grows as a character a little bit more as the show progresses. But at this point, I think we're so used to just hearing hate and anger come from her that if she tries to do anything else we just read it as hate and anger so yeah, you're like, if what? she was trying to like make light or sarcasm or anything we it just doesn't register yeah i mean it's also like that's not in very good taste to make that joke at this time especially about you i think she was just trying to she was trying to kind of mock but nobody's downplaying it like it sounds like she's mocking people downplaying the severity of marissa's condition but nobody's doing that like i and she just she just came in hot she's just upset oh yeah (laughs) she had her gray she had her gray uh sweatsuit on she was oh yeah business came in with like two cups of coffee probably both for her 
Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not getting Jimmy a cup of coffee. Fuck him. It's scalding hot. She just chugs it. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> so uh, Julie kind of like kicks the Coens out. She's like, Marissa needs to be with her family now. And uh, she Ra- does go. Uh, she's like, she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> to the Coens. Yeah, right. Just like, they're your neighbors. And Seth and Ryan are close friends with Marissa. They they saved her life in Tijuana. Like, <laughs> and I don't know if you've heard this or not, uh, Julie, but Kirsten and Jimmy, they've been friends for a long time. Yeah. They're long each other's time. oldest friends. Oldest friends. That was even in the previously on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Kirsten saying that to Jimmy. Jimmy, you're my oldest friend. <laughs> That's an essential part of the recap of this show up until this point. You yeah. need to know that. Yeah. Otherwise, why is Kirsten fucking with Jimmy? No reason. Um, so, yeah, R- Ryan's by Marissa's bedside when um, Julie says, like, get out. And Ryan gives Julie Cooper the, like, stinkiest of eyes. Like, he's just like, he's just like so pissed at her gives it right back it's a fucking stare down for a few seconds there they go toe to toe in this episode especially at the end it's it's intense man julie versus ryan he ain't afraid of her Mm -mm. he gives uh we'll get to it but he gives uh a very a very strong scene from ryan atwood i felt Mm -hmm. oh i i agree completely that's the denouement of this episode. Um, oui. Oui, oui. So then we cut to the hospital all way with the Coens. <laughs> they walk out and um, Sandy's trying to kind of console Ryan because he obviously sees how shitty Julie is <laughs> to him. He says, uh, hey, kid, don't take it personal. And um, Kirsten says, you know, Ju- Ju- she'll ap- she's just upset right now. She'll apologize. And Sandy's like, are you sure? This is Julie Cooper we're talking about here. <laughs> so very, very aware of uh, how terrible she can be. We all are. Um, and then Julie I missed, comes. I missed her last episode. She wasn't in the last episode at all. Julie? Mm. Was she I not? think they said in the beginning she, her and Caitlin were out of... Yeah, for the weekend because that that's why they didn't jimmy didn't tell the girls that he and julie were getting a divorce he's like i want to like marissa's going to tijuana and julie and caitlin are out of town doing something probably with horses i guess (laughs) (laughs) seems to be all that caitlin's got going for and so that's why they didn't tell marissa until she was at that crappy motel and he called her cause he's an idiot. Um, Jimmy still sucks in this episode, but I would say not as bad. No, like, I, he has I some put that moments. in my notes is, um, and there's also same with a scene with Kirsten where I feel like because the last episode as the viewer, you're just like both of these characters, what's going on? I, I hate both <laughs> of them right now. And yep. I think they both kind of have these redeeming, sort of quality really just like them being good parents or like trying to be good parents in this in this episode you kind of go like okay he's not the worst but also jimmy is uh he's he's essentially every scene he's he's combating uh julie 
Right. So he's going to come out looking like the good guy, unless he like murders a puppy or something. <laughs> yeah. It's By hard. default, if you're doing a scene with Julie, you're the good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so Julie enters the hallway and she says, uh, Ryan, can I talk to you for a second? And you think, I guess because Kirsten just said that, you're thinking like, maybe this is the apology we're looking for. Of course it's not. No. Um, and Julie just kind of lays into Ryan quietly while the Coens are standing like right behind him. I'm like, they definitely heard everything she said to him. But she says, uh, you know, since you've been here, Ryan, Marissa has been a wreck. She comes home crying. She doesn't want to go to her cotillion. She fights with Luke. And you set the model home on fire. You brought, oh, I <laughs> like she used the term would-be assassin into... That was uh, Donnie, right? That took I me a second that was Donnie, to... yeah. Like, a I was wood- like, did we miss an episode where there was an assassin? <laughs> yeah, I just picture like somebody with like a sniper rifle and like like a face mask and he's on a rooftop somewhere and he's like walkie talkie talk like talking to somebody but no i assume that was donnie who like calling him a would-be assassin is giving him a little too much credibility he was an idiot with a gun (laughs) yeah and uh she brings up tijuana again now she's not wrong all of these things are true but i would say that 0.0% 0.0% of them are like Ryan's fault. Except for maybe Marissa coming home crying because she's in love with him and like can't get out of her relationship with Luke. Right. But like Marissa's going through like when Ryan shows up, Marissa's like kind of like starting her independent rebellious phase. And so she's starting to question like everything that her mom expects from her until this point like cotillion like oh that's that's stupid that's dumb tradition i don't want to do that or like even with luke like you know i've been with this guy since fifth grade and like maybe it's not a good relationship yeah i wonder if if ryan hadn't showed up if she because it seems like that's when she starts to question like is this a good relationship because she's you know now she's got an idea of maybe I want to maybe I want to hang out with with uh, this new kid from Chino. Yeah, she because she clicks with him and he's good to her <laughs> in a way. They have that amazing Luke is chemistry not. on screen. Yeah, That's undeniable. Yeah, every time they like come close to touching each other, like time slows down and mm-hmm. Mazzy Star plays. Like it's <laughs> it's <laughs> magical. As long as neither of them are talking that much. Yeah. But, you know, if they got together, when they get together, they don't do too much talking. They're pretty much just making mm-hmm. out the whole time. Yup. Which is what you do in high school. I get it. Um, but, of course, Julie blames all of this on Ryan because, as she sees it, everything was perfect until he showed up. Um, That's, I I made a note that it's... We, I, I've called out Jimmy numerous times for that entitled Newport. Like, this isn't my fault. This is somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. I'm just having to deal with it. And again, yeah, like this is Julie doing the same thing of like, I'm going to blame this, this new kid for all this stuff. Even though if I really think about it, it's kind of my fault too. 
Oh man, she is way too conceited and narcissistic to uh to consider herself in the wrong at any point. But she has to kind of like she does sort of have to come face to face with that reality by the end of this episode and we'll see why. We'll get we'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, but as it is right now, she's just on a war path and she tells Ryan you will never see her again. And if you try, I'll make sure you're putting Juvie where you belong. Damn. That's kind of harsh. Surely. And then she threw down her coffee on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Threw it in Ryan's face. Um, I did did think that, um, and this is, you know, rewatching the show and and trying to make sense and find meanings in things, is this, uh, we've pointed out sometimes on this show that they kind of switch gender norms sometimes and it's always like oh interesting but i said like in this scene it feels like like jimmy was the one that thanked ryan like thanks for saving marissa or whatever like he doesn't really seem to have a problem with her i feel like there's so many shows about teenagers in love where it's like the father figure that's like you stay away from my daughter or i don't want to catch you talking to my little girl and like here it's very much the mother that's like don't don't ever get close to my daughter again or I'm sending you back to juvie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Jimmy's very much like the nurturing parent, especially in this episode. He's like always by her bedside, always listening to her, always like, you know, being kind of like very reasonable in terms of like what she wants out of her life. And Julie's very much the hard-headed, like what I say goes that you're right yeah that the the gender norms are kind of flipped there that is interesting and think about that good observation dr howell <laughs> i did the what is this called the hand the little hand circular spinny. hand bow thing it's like, it's like a hand spin bow like a forward roll of the hand yes it's like oh i think did that you it's like a, a- for a podcast. I would imagine I if you had like a hat on and you did that, it would be like flipping the hat around in a really cool way off of your head and then like oh, holding absolutely. it like, oh, I thank you. <laughs> we need a name for that, guys. Jay Mitchell's the OC podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Write us. Tell us what it is. Um, so Julie kind of leaves. Yeah, she like throws her coffee on the ground. Not really. But she storms off and Ryan's just kind of left there a little a little bit baffled at what he just heard. And then we go to our opening credits, dip to commercial. And then they we show op- Ryan's face in that yeah. last shot, but I think if the camera had like panned down to his his hand, oh, yeah. it would have been a fist. A it fist. would have been a balled up Arthur fist. Yeah, just shaking <laughs> with, with rage. Uh, I kind of wish they had done that because that would have implied like, oh, Ryan's going to beat the shit out of Jim. Oh, <laughs> Julie. <no>! <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad they didn't. Um, So we come back from commercial and we open on kind of this walkway, this beautiful kind of arch archway. It looks like they're in fucking Rome or something. (laughs) Yeah. It reminded me of that scene in uh, one of the prequels, maybe episode two or three where Anakin and Padme are like walking. It's like, it's like a, like a legit like church in, in uh in spain or something yeah but it's like yeah it's just like gorgeous columns and uh 
and but it's the school guys it's not it's not some ancient cathedral it's their school where they go to school and it's is a, a school just called harbor school like not like harbor prep school or harbor it's probably like they just call it harbor school they, yeah they they often will just refer to it as harbor uh but yeah it's probably harbor preparatory school because i think that they mentioned that it is a prep school at some point so yeah they worked that into the title um so it's kirsten ryan and seth and seth is very reasonably stating to tell julie like talking to ryan like tell julie that it's all luke's fault which it kind of is <laughs> like he cheated on marissa and that kind of sent her spiraling this uh, this yeah. show is and i know that it's a tv show and i know that where these characters have different relationships with their parents than than i did with mine but like the openness that they talk about like their relationships and their relate like with like i would never if if one of my parents was in the room, I'd never talk to a friend about like relationship issues that I'm having. I would just be like, "Wait till my mom leaves." Is <laughs> <And then laughs> hey, go to it's my just room? So weird. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really ever discuss my relationship stuff with my parents either. I mean, they had to have like, I don't know, they had to have like known what was going because like girls come over and like. I go pick them up and stuff or mm-hmm. like they drop us off and we go to the movies together. But I remember like when my dad and I, uh, I had, it was like my first like serious girlfriend. I was maybe like a freshman in high school or something, freshman or sophomore. And he was driving me to her place. And, uh, it was like, it was like as close as he ever came to having the talk with me. <laughs> i was like this is it this is the talk and so we're we're driving in his truck and he he just he like he like looks over at me he goes uh hey and i go hey and i was like oh shit here it comes and he's like you know and i was like yeah he was like, all right <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> And All that right, was good it. Talk. And then we didn't talk the rest of the the rest of the ride there. <laughs> All he had to say was, you know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> Got I it. I bet as, as soon as he dropped you off and he's driving away, he just went, you did good. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> that went about as good as uh, my talk with my dad. Or that's him saying that, like my grandfather. I couldn't imagine my grandfather having that talk with my dad. My, like he was an even more kind of like tight-lipped conservative Southern dude. Like I couldn't, couldn't imagine. But um, but yeah, you're right. They are super open, and um, it's kind of refreshing. Like I, I like that they're all able to talk about stuff like that around each other. Yeah, it seems healthier. There are they do have like their limits of just like if like Sandy's trying to give too much advice, Seth will be like, "Dad, stop." Yeah, yeah. Uh I would say yeah, definitely Seth and Sandy's relationship is like as far as parent-child goes is might be my favorite. And they have like a couple moments in this episode in particular that are like super cute. And I'm like the like 
slap fight at the oh end my that God, they do. I love that. <laughs> so great. Um so uh Ryan Ryan kind of like he almost kind of like brushes off Seth's very reasonable suggestion to say like just tell Julie it's all Luke's fault. Just like explain to her like what's going on. And Ryan's just kind of like, I'm just glad Marissa's okay. Like he just kind of like, brushes it off a little bit, I would say. Um, because maybe Ryan is thinking what I'm thinking in that moment, which is like, you think Julie Cooper's really gonna believe Ryan speaking poorly ab- about Luke? She loves Luke. She makes some pancakes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like Julie's definitely Team Luke, and she's so boneheaded that she like she doesn't want to hear any sort of rebuttal, especially from Ryan. Like not into it. Yeah, this is Seth assuming that Julie Cooper is a reasonable person, which she's not. <laughs> um, so Kirsten says, "I'll catch up with you at the dean's office because I guess they're going to have a meeting uh, with Ryan and the dean." So she splits off, and then yeah. But remember, remember that because in about a minute and a half, we see her again. <laughs> we do. Who, do you know like she got down to the bottom of the stairs much faster than they did it was really yeah weird. i imagine she just like she just like sprinted through the quad and like jumped over bushes and stuff <laughs> like she saw some teachers she wanted to say hi to yeah and like southern ryan just like okay mom <laughs> like we're just gonna keep walking the way you're supposed to walk no you're right i don't i don't i didn't quite get it because you're right it is like by the end of this scene we see Kirsten again. What yeah, was the point of her even splitting you. off? Yeah, maybe she. We were we were just discussing about how open they are with their parents around discussing. Maybe Kirsten doesn't want to hear it, so she's just like, <laughs> "I gotta, I gotta get." There's a meeting with parents, like a parent meeting. I gotta go do that. I'll see you guys later. Seth, I'm your mom, not your friend. I mean, I'm flattered <laughs> that you consider me a peer, but. I want to hear that shit. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to Harbor School exterior with Ryan and Seth. And this is kind of the first reveal of Harbor, which is, like you said, an absolutely gorgeous campus. Um, just A very like, elaborate like fountain in the middle of the... Oh, yeah. And just like immaculate landscaping. And it's, it's, it's like a dream, this school. Um, and Ryan's very reasonably like, this is school. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's like, you guys have tennis courts and swimming pools, which come on, you knew there was a water polo team. Of course they have a swimming pool. He says that right as uh, a sign comes into the frame and Seth is standing beside it. And it says, uh, it says swimming pool, tennis Tennis courts. courts, And it's like arrows pointing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Seth's like, Oh, you you didn't have those in uh in Chino? And Ryan says, well, we had a basketball hoop. Keep that in the back and, of your head. And uh, yeah, save that one. <laughs> save that keep that keep that in in your pocket. We'll come back to that. Um and then Seth says, uh, we gotta get your pick, I assume for like a student ID or whatever. And then we cut to um Oh no, part- well he says he says, uh, you got to get your picture taken for the school ID. Um, and and Ryan is like, I, Ryan says something about a mugshot. Right. And which, keep that in your head too. Oh, yeah. 
there's a lot of callbacks in this episode, which might be why I like it so much. Which I, but while he's saying that, I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. Seth is doing the, and I'm going to do it on here because it's another one of those hand things that I don't know if there's words for, but he's doing the like. Okay. Where he like is snapping and doing the hand on his fist. Yeah. Which felt very like early 2000s to me because I think I used to do that because I saw, maybe because I saw him do it, but I feel like that was a thing that people would do. Yeah. And I don't like see it anymore. Snap, snap. And then one, the bottom then, fist, bottom hand makes uh, a fist, top fist, yeah, top hand, <laughs> like kind of claps down on top of the fist. Yeah. It's like a triplet, 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 yeah. triplet. And it was like something that like sort of like wise guy, like fast talking wise guys would do. Yeah. But I don't see it anymore. It felt it, it very much was one of those things that felt very of its time. <laughs> of like, of course, that's Seth would do that while he was talking. Like, let's bring that do something back. with my hands. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I feel like that that might have been in like a movie or something around the time. Like a character did that. I remember Maybe doing somebody it too. in like a Guy Ritchie movie or something. <laughs> hmm. Or maybe it was like Tarantino. I don't know. Let's bring it back because I like it. It's fun, <laughs> and I'm glad you picked up on that. Again, like, uh, email. Jn Mitchell's the OC podcast at gmail.com if you have any further information about the snapping ham hand fist thing. Snap, snap, clap. I don't know what we call that. Yeah. I don't know if it needs a name. <laughs> it's just it's really fast. We will rock you. Yeah. Do the cat. Do the cat. <laughs> All right. Um, so yes. Uh, uh, Seth says, uh, we gotta go get your picture. Ryan's like, what, like a mugshot? For his idea, I assume. And then we do a cut to good segue, Partridge, Savage, and Khan. Sandy's there getting his ID photo taken. And, of course, he's with Rachel because I'm convinced that Rachel is the only person (laughs) that works at this law firm. Because he doesn't really interact with anybody else. (laughs) She's kind of his halfway because she does say later we do see like some paralegals or whoever like push in carts with um sure. files and stuff but she does say like it's almost like she's kind of his in between to like he doesn't talk to the partners directly okay it's like he goes through her or at least that's how she explains it where he's like we'll we'll get to we'll get to his thing but yeah fucking fantastic the way that they're talking about getting a picture taken for an id and then we cut to him getting his picture taken for an id yep it's really well done um and then this is uh this is good lawyer banter between sandy and rachel where they they're just kind of like picking on each other the whole time still you know sandy says uh oh when do we get the retina scanned and then uh rachel says friday sandy says i was just kidding rachel says me too Hey, good good thing you we didn't hire you for that quick wit, Sandy. And then Sandy gets his photo ID and kind of looks at his picture and he says, God doesn't give with two hands. Which is like <laughs> a turn of phrase I haven't really heard, but I assume it means that like you you can't be great at everything. Assu- like looking at the picture saying, like, look how handsome I am. I can't be <laughs> I can't be witty too. That would be far too much. Um, which is just like boom, boom, bam. Uh Really good dialogue. And then um, 
and then we go uh rachel says well you you have to come take the tour uh you got to check out our state-of-the-art gym that we have here and then sandy says you guys got a gym rachel says well you didn't have one at the public defender's office sandy says we had a basketball hoop. We had a basketball hoop. Hey. Now that's how you do a callback, guys. <laughs> can we, uh, and by we, can I mean you, because this is your expertise. Can we take a, the sound clip from last episode where Seth says, that's what we call a callback. Oh. And then we can insert it in moments like this when they actually do a callback. That's a great idea. Yeah, cool. I'll have to like mark all of them so that I know where they are, so I don't have to listen to a three-hour podcast to to find all the spots. But well, yeah, if it's maybe next episode have... we'll try and we'll try and work that into the <laughs> episode. That's a great idea. Okay, uh, that's what we call a callback, and then you and I will we'll both go. Mur, 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 mur. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we cut back to a lot of cutting around here. Cut back to Harbor. We're outside the dean's office with uh, Ryan and Kirsten. And Ryan appears to be kind of nervous to meet the dean, Dr. Kim. Um, Kirsten says, <laughs> not to like make him more nervous, but she mentions that Harbor is one of the best schools in the country. And if you go here, you can pretty much get into any college you want to. And I know that sounds great, but I'm like, you're, come on, you're kind of flaunting your privilege a little bit here with a this little one. bit you know well, there's there's an episode uh it's like season it's got to be season four but there is there's a it's like an end of the year they're graduating and they have this this like party where all the students wear the sweatshirt of the college they got into yeah. and it's like a big bonfire on the beach and it's all just like the big schools. It's all like Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Oh like nobody's God. like South Cali Tech. Community <laughs> They're all college. Like yeah. Huge name University schools. Of Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um I mean that's cause cause Harbor's that's what Harbor does. It just like funnels yep. rich kids into like the most prestigious schools so that they can go on to be CEOs or whatever the fuck. Man, our country's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um and then uh Dr. Kim enters and she greets the Cohens and Ryan. I consider him a Cohen. Um and uh Seth's there as well and she like shakes Ryan's hand, nice to meet you. She says, Seth, always interesting to see you. <laughs> Which is like what the fuck? You're the dean, and you're just fucking like talking shit about one of your Always students. Always interesting to see you. She says it in a very like facetious way. She's just yeah, like, very interesting to see you. Yeah, I wrote and that so down just too like, because ah, I thought, I'm a goofball, but I'm like, you can't talk to kids like that. Like, <laughs> She's like, I prefer the water polo team. They're much more my speed. Yeah, you're a little Not- weird. Yeah, you're a weird nerd. <laughs> There's another that- part in this episode that we'll get to where that happens. <laughs> and it's just like, is he? He seems like a real normal person to me. Like, 
maybe by comparison because every other person we've seen in this show has been like a uber jock <laughs> i don't know mm. but, yeah i guess i'm just thinking of like john hughes movie nerds that are just like very like greasy hair and like suspenders and like very... socially awkward like yeah. seth is not socially awkward at all he's like a very uh agile conversationally like person like he's he's like fun to be around and fun to talk right. to uh i don't get it but you know i guess what we're saying is dr kim fuck off fuck that's off, our boy dr kim. that is our boy you're talking to yeah you step into my boy you step into me <laughs> you don't want a problem with me dr kim because <laughs> i don't even go to school here all right that's i got right. nothing to lose <laughs> we're in our 30s we shouldn't be on campus right now <laughs> we you could get in a lot of police. trouble actually <laughs> We'll uh, leave. We'll we'll leave. We'll leave. <laughs> We're parked over there. Um, so then we cut to Sandy's new office. It's big. It's a corner which office. I also thought was sort similar to the uh, which they do a few times in the scene is the talking about getting your ID picture taken. Cut to him getting the picture taken. Doctor Kim says, "Let's step into my office." We cut Boom. to Sandy going into his office. It's man. fucking great, man. It's There's, really it's yeah. really like sharp and well done. They're segueing their asses off in this episode. And we appreciate it. That's right. So, yes, Sandy's getting shown to his new desk in his new office and it's big and it's fancy. And <laughs> Sandy walks in with Rachel and he goes, "This doesn't suck." <laughs> Which was great. Um and it's it's kind of starting to sink in for Sandy that he's like working for the man in this scene. Um, how do you how do you feel about him working for the man? Because I I we I mean clearly we know his trajectory. We've watched the whole show, but it does kind of bum me out that he's doing this. Like the idea of him being the public defender guy that sticks up for the little person is is so endearing about him. And then now he's like, yeah, big fancy office. And I'm just like, Oh man. Yeah. It is kind of whack. Like, um, I, I wish that cause, cause when he like got the job offer, you know, he was like at this job, I'll be able to do more pro bono work than I was able to do at the public defender's office. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of holding on to that. I'm like, he's still like, you know, trying to fight the good fight where he can. Mm-hmm. But honestly, man, like, yeah, I I think like in this scene, it feels like it's starting to kind of like sink in for him the reality of the situation where before, you know, it was like all these things were promised to him. And then now he's getting like, I think, is this the scene where they wheel in like all of his case files or whatever? I think so. Yeah. And I also wonder if like he kind of, he kind of regurgitated that line to, is that right? Regurgitated? Yeah. He threw it up. He, he, (laughs) (laughs) I have podcasts. I know speaking well. Um, (laughs) No, like in the last episode, he, he, he repeats to Kirsten kind of what Rachel said of, of that, just that, like you can get more pro bono work done where I wonder if like, Rachel just kind of bullshitted him that because when all of his all of his uh, cases that we see in this scene are all just like rich Newport shit. 
Yeah. And that's when you kind of see it in his face. You're just like, Oh, he's like, Oh man, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, I, I think he was maybe seduced by Rachel a little bit because they have a history. And I mean, as we'll see in this episode, like they enjoy each other's company. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the clerk brings in like a cart of case files and Rachel's like, I figured you'd want to dive right in. And uh, Sandy starts flipping through and he just mentions a few. He says, chemical peel gone awry, bad Botox. Ooh, a yacht noise complaint. <laughs> like, yeah. This is such like the epitome <laughs> of like uh, first world problem, like rich people bullshit. Yeah, Sandy doesn't Sandy doesn't want to do this. No. No. But I guess rich people need lawyers too, as he says. Um and then we cut to uh Dr. Kim's office. We're with Dr. Kim, Kirsten and Ryan. Dr. Kim's looking over Ryan's like file and she sees weak grades. She sees truancy. She sees criminal activity. Uh, not quite Harbor material. She informs <laughs> this whole time. She's like talking to Kirsten, like Ryan's like not, not there, sitting yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of harsh. Um, this was a scene I was referring to where like Kirsten, as much as we questioned her in the last episode with all the shit with Jimmy, she fucking goes into like mama bear mode. And Big it's time. just like, basically like sticking up for uh her son i mean he's been her son for i guess a month or two now but (laughs) (laughs) she's really like immediate like as is just like this my kid deserves to go here despite what the record says or whatever and you're and all your you're basically just worried that the other parents at this school are going to be upset that he goes here and that's fucked up oh totally she calls her out she says, like, is it that or is it the pressure that you're getting from other parents to not let Ryan in? Which Dr. Kim, like, admits, like, that is a consideration, but not a decisive one. Um, she says, uh, Ryan might fit in better at the public school. Newport like, Union, I Newport think. Union. Is the... Yeah, I believe that's Which it. I bet still is a fucking good school. It's gotta be. Well, we, we, we find out in season three because. Oh, that's right. Marissa ends up going there. And it's like, they, I think they like dinged it up a little bit. Like they peeled some paint off the lockers and stuff. Like, this is public school, but it's still like, come on. It's a nice school and a very nice you part know, of town. You know what it has that I always wanted, but I guess it's very much a California thing? Outdoor lockers. Outdoor lockers. How about Seems it? Seems so nice. Dude, in all my years, all my four years of high school, I never used my locker once. I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> I didn't know if I even had a locker. I was just like, I, I'll just bring the books I need when I need them. <laughs> like, yeah, I, really... I think I did until I got a car and then I just left shit in my car. Oh, but, yeah. Like, Look, tons yeah, of shit. I think like car. ninth and 10th grade, I used the locker. Mm-hmm. I put a bunch of like hot babes up on the inside Ooh, of it and like yeah. muscle cars and stuff, you know, locker stuff. Pick pictures of weed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, cool locker just stuff. Just some dank nugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dr. Kim's like, maybe it'll be better in private, public school. And um, 
Ryan kind of sticks up for himself here. He says, you know, I can't change where I'm from, but I can change where I'm going. And he kind of gives this whole like, give me a shot. Come on, Dr. Kim, give me a shot. That's the last thing he says. Give me a shot. Give me a shot. Come on, you know you want to. And everybody at home's like, yeah, give him a shot. Come on. Come on, Dr. Look at his test scores. Look at his test scores. He's so promising. She says, and then she, she does says, admit, admit that. Yeah, go ahead. She goes, you got great test scores. And she Which, says, yeah. I got to see these test scores because they are, everybody references them. What fucking tests? Like, I, I assume like a, well, he hasn't taken the SATs yet. No. <laughs> I think Sandy mentions it in the first episode. There, some like pre-SAT or some sort of like aptitude test that Mm. they probably take statewide or something. I don't know, but you're right. What did we take in school? Test scores. Did you take like the Iowa exams? Iowa test. I think there was like a some kind of like statewide test that you had to take every year. Yeah. To make sure that teachers were doing good. I don't fucking know you were learning the bare minimum of like what the country wanted you to know yeah exactly it was yeah. you learned everything for that test like it wasn't it was i i don't think any teacher really made a point to be like learn this because you can it'll help you in life it's like learn this it's going to be on that test at the end of the year It'll that's be, every test okay. yeah that was whole yeah. all of school i was like none of this shit matters <laughs> But you got to learn it for the test, and then you can forget it after that. Oh, high school was so long ago. It's hard to even remember things. I have, yeah, I have flashes of memories, <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. Um, so, yeah, she mentions his great test scores. She also mentions that he wrote a moving essay, which I'm like, Ryan Atwood wrote a moving essay? Like, I want to read that essay. I want to see these test scores and I want to read the essay and I want to see Marissa getting airlifted out of Tijuana. <laughs> these are our demands, OC. Yeah, show us the deleted scenes. You know what I bet the first line of Ryan's moving essay was? Hey. Hey. <laughs> I wish I wish I was a mermaid. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> oh i hope so i mean i'm moved already um so dr kim says ryan if you can pass the placement test no she says placement exam and that's i don't know i know ryan has great test scores i don't know how he does on exams well he's not a she was said earlier his test scores weren't that great but his no wait his exam his scores, test scores are great. His grades were bad. His grades are bad, but his test scores are great. So he's like a smart kid who doesn't apply himself. He's like Goodwill Hunting. He's Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Essentially. Uh, which came out before this, which now I get it. It's like James yep. Dean meets Goodwill Hunting. That's Ryan good Atwood. Ryan, good Ryan Atwood. Without a cause. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, she says, placement exam, take that, and we'll talk. Ryan's just like, tell me where and when. Tell me what number pencil to bring. Number two? Thought so. Got it right here. He's like, <laughs> he's like ready to get in this school. 
starts smoking. She's like, you can't do that here. And he's like, I don't even go here yet. <laughs> Tell me to not smoke when I'm a student after I pass her <laughs> stupid exam. And he flicks the cigarette at her. Uh, so then we cut to... Uh, it's like a like a patio, like a lunch patio at this school because it's an amazing school. Yeah, it's where they it's their lunch room. <laughs> yeah, which is just like a patio that overlooks like a beautiful California vista. Um, and Seth's sitting there by himself. Summer walks up and sits down with him, and they start talking about like Marissa and um. Seth's Seth's like, hey, you know, when she's better, maybe we can all go out to like cheer her up. And then Seth's like, you know, or if you you want to go out, like before then, just you and me go see a movie or something. And then like a gaggle this of is, like, yeah. this is the first scene where like she hasn't said ill or threatened him with violence <laughs> or made fun of him at all. She just like. And it's because, you know, she's concerned about Marissa or whatever. Yeah, she, they so all she are. just kind of like walks up and they're just like, hey, and then they just start talking like normal people. Yeah, they and, had this very traumatic shared experience in Tijuana. And yeah, this is kind of the first time they're sitting down talking about it, I guess. Just Seth and Summer. Yeah. And so Seth asks her on a date. And before she can answer, like some cheerleaders walk by and they're like, Hey Summer, and she's like, Hey. And then they they the cheerleaders kind of look over and see Seth, see Summer talking to Seth, and they just kind of make this like disgusted face, like, Can't believe you're talking to that gross nerd. And I'm like, yeah. he is an attractive, like well like, wearing, put together. His, his shirt said something silly, but like if it said like Hollister. Then he's just like everybody What's the else. Problem? Like they, yeah, they look at him like he's the goddamn hunchback of Notre Dame. They're just like, <laughs> I'm like, this kid could caught. be on the cover of GQ magazine. Like, yeah, give me a break. Totally normal looking dude. Yeah, I don't get. It. So, so yeah, this this is kind of disheartening because you catch a glimpse of old summer. We haven't quite transitioned to new summer. Um, and Seth just kind of like puts it all together when he sees all that. And Summer tries to weasel her way out of it by being like, you know, this year is so messed up because like Marissa and Luke aren't even together. Like I can't even talk to Luke or Holly anymore. Blah blah. blah. And then Seth's just like, Seth's just like, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Old rules apply in school. And then he just kind of like waves her off. And um, that is a very a like high school thing of like if you're. If your friends have been dating for a long time and they break up, it affects oh, yeah. you. You're yeah. like, I don't even know what's going on in life. Like, <laughs> Luke and Marissa aren't to together anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like, no, it's fine. That happens all the time. People break up. Also, like, I know Holly throws the best parties. <laughs> so that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough not going to the beach house anymore. Do you think well, she we'll cools it, it off during the school year? Or do you think it's still mm, no? Maybe on Fridays and Saturdays they throw down. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. no it's, I doubt she's having those parties on the weekdays. Maybe just a few friends. Yeah, but definitely small, small on, like, the weekends. She's there's always an excuse to party at Holly's. I bet that's what Summer's the most bummed about. <laughs> to party at Holly's anymore. 
So Summer just kind of like like gives a weak I'm sorry as she exits. I'm like, ah, she sucks again. This sucks. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Marissa's hospital room with Marissa, Jimmy, and Julie. Marissa's asleep, and uh, Jimmy and Julie are arguing about Marissa. Um, Julie, Ju- you know, Julie what? calls him Brian, <laughs> and Jimmy's Jimmy? like, Jimmy goes, "It's Ryan." Oh, right. I don't know if that's this. I think it's this scene, but she just goes, I don't want her talking to that Brian guy. He goes, it's Ryan. <laughs> she totally did that on purpose. She oh, yeah. even in the the last scene she was in, she was like, Ryan, can I talk to you for a second? She knows the kid's name. She's just being an asshole. <laughs> She's just doing it like she keeps getting wrong. She's like, hey, Ryan, can I talk to you? And he's like, it's Ryan. <laughs> hey, crying. Are you crying? <laughs> it's not. It's not my name anymore. <laughs> Nobody called. Has called me that since fifth grade. <laughs> crying, Ryan. That's when he started punching people. That's right. Who's crying now? Uh. So Julie's like, Jimmy, it's all your fault that our daughter's in the hospital, and Jimmy's like. No way. And then, uh, it, I mean, it kind of is, though. Like, he's not, he was definitely part of the problem. Well, Julie does say, like, you're the one who let her go to Tijuana. And we talked about in the last episode how all the other parents seemed totally fine with their kids going to Tijuana. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like if Julie had been there, maybe she would have been like, no, you can't go to Tijuana. Whereas Jimmy is just like, whatever, I'm moving. I have so many other things. I can't take care of both of us. I can't take care of both of us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. It seems like this would have been a trip that was planned out in advance that Julie would have at least been aware of, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe since Julie was out of town, Jimmy's just the more chill parent who trusts his kids. Right, and Julie. Julie kind of again, rules it, with an but also fist. it's it's Julie blaming everyone. Yeah, so. not taking any accountability for herself. Um, so as as they're discussing, Marissa like wakes up, but her back is to them. So we, the audience, see her waking up, but Julie and Jimmy don't see. And, and she, she looks at the camera and goes. And she like <laughs> closes her eyes and goes <laughs> <laughs> really, really selling it. Uh so yeah, she she pretends to be asleep, but she's eavesdropping on this conversation, which like okay, like we, we know she's not in a coma. You think she's just sleeping, like if you're gonna have this talk, like take loud, it into the this fucking hallway. Yeah, come on, guys. Um Julie tells Jimmy that she wants sole custody of Marissa and Caitlin. Um, and Jimmy's just like, fuck that. No way. I'll see you in court. And then they both walk out. And then we see Marissa, like a tear fall down her fake asleep eyes. And <laughs> she, um, they, they leave and she like wakes up or like, you know, gets up and grabs her phone and then we cut to the pool house with Ryan and Seth. And um, Seth, it, it looks like Seth's letting Ryan study off of his placement exam. 
So I guess like every kid that's in Harbor has to take it. Mm-hmm. And so Ryan's using Seth's exam to kind of like, I don't know, see, see how many answers he can. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just like a general memorize. kind of covering all the, all the, uh, classes you know all the subjects yeah and yeah seth is like i never throw anything away and he's like they probably just switch the questions around in right. order but that's basically what it is yeah not bad seth um <laughs> he was like i had a feeling my dad might bring home some uh <laughs> some kid from juvie and then he would become my brother and then we he'd have to take the placement exam into harbor so i went ahead and kept my my copy. That's some forethought you had there, Seth. Well done. <laughs> he put it in his wish box. He's like, one day I'll have a brother. And <laughs> my brother will go to school with me. And, and his name will be, be Brian or Ryan. Or crying. <laughs> um, Ryan's like, I'm going to fail. <laughs> Seth's like, you can't. I will not spend another year at that school alone. Now study. And so... Seth just keeps telling Ryan, like, you gotta study. You gotta study. And then he keeps interrupting Ryan's study by, like, talking about summer. and Neurotically uh, talking about summer. It's yeah. their, it's what I would say 60 to 70% of their conversations are about. Well, yeah. At this point. Yeah. Because Seth's, like, obsessed. And uh, he, ta- he mentions the cheerleaders, and he's like, I'm sorry, you're right. I'll, I'll shut up. Study. He's like, but we connected and we at, in Tijuana and we kissed and I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead, study, please study, study. And then uh, the phone rings and Seth gets up to answer because, of course, Ryan needs to study. And he's like, hey, oh, yeah. Um, he, hey, Marissa. Yeah, here's here's Ryan. Does and Ryan have his own line? I wonder not- about that. It's 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 a landline that she calls. She didn't yeah. call his cell phone. He has a cell phone. I'm almost Dude, positive. Nobody uses their fucking cell phones in this show. It's wild. Yeah. Oh. So she calls the landline. What would have happened if like Sandy answered or Kirsten? Would I know. Be like, hey, is Ryan there? This is Marissa. <laughs> Everything's like, fine. Marissa, holy shit. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call your dad. Um. No, yeah, so, uh, well, luckily in that case, maybe the pool, why would the pool house have its own line, though? Like, that doesn't make sense know. to me, unless that they got to be one a thing, for though. Ryan. You're right, two lines wasn't uncommon, especially when 56K was around, and, you know, you had one line dedicated to the internet, mm-hmm. one line, or, like, my sister, I think, like, talked my parents into getting her her own line at some point, because she was just on the phone all the time. Yeah, that um, was a big thing too. Yeah. But I, I don't see Ryan being much of a talker. Like Kirsten's no. like, okay, we got you new bed sheets, got you some clothes. Do you need like uh, your own phone line out? We have a phone. Do you need your own line? Ryan's like, who am I going to talk to? I, I, say, <laughs> I say six words a day. And they're All to my you. family is in jail. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you guys, you guys are, are the only people I talk to. Right here. So no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would imagine it's the Cohen's main line. That she calls and just got lucky that Seth answered. Um, I noticed what Ryan, like Ryan knows that Marissa's on the line when Seth hands the phone to him. But when he picks up the phone, Ryan just goes like, hey, <laughs> he just gets like hey. the most casual, hey, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's not like, oh my God, you're awake. Like, uh, it's yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> um, and then there's a bit of silence. Marissa's talking to him. He's just like, okay, I'll be there. And then Ryan just gets up and leaves. <laughs> and so it's like, hey, what about studying? He's just like, uh, if I fail, I fail. You know, maybe, maybe Dr. Kim's right. Maybe I'm not harbor material. And he just takes off. And that is, Ryan yeah. has such this like hero. It's like his, almost like his, his curse, like his cross to bear is that if somebody needs his help, it's usually Marissa, but throughout the show, if somebody needs his help, he prioritizes that above everything. He drops like, I everything. have to help this person. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's endearing, but it's also, it's, it's endearing when it's Marissa. Later in the show, there's a few times where you're just like, what the fuck? Just let, leave that person alone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's, I mean, it's maybe it's why they're perfect for each other. Cause he's always like looking to come to somebody's rescue and she always needs rescuing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're right. It, I could, I could read it as, as a gift and a curse. Like Spider-Man. Well, because is that the, hold on. Oh no. She calls him basically saying like, my parents are arguing for soul custody. This isn't the whole, cause there's another thing that gets brought up about her going to, um, San Diego. Yes. That comes that ha- in later. That hasn't happened yet though. Right. 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 Okay. Julie's going to drop that bomb in a moment. Um, so then we dip to com- Ryan Bales and goes for Marissa. We could dip to commercial, come back, and we are in Marissa's hospital room with Marissa. Ryan enters with flowers, which was very sweet, but he almost kind of like diminishes it immediately by just being like, uh, it's all they had at the gift shop. I'm like, Ryan, those flowers are fine. Don't beat yourself up over this. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, duh. If you want fresh flowers, you're just going to enter the hospital, go to the gift shop, boom, bam. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, sorry, they suck. It's like, they're, yeah. they're, they're perfectly fine little bouquet of flowers, Ryan. Chill out. I went to 12 different flower shops, and this was the best I could do. Yeah. But no, it clearly, those look like they came from the gift shop. But <laughs> you you tried. You made an attempt. You You brought her flowers. Just yeah, just just uh, just give her the gift and don't don't squander it, dude. You did great. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, so Marissa says that you know, um, when she because this is her first time talking, I guess since mm-hmm. Tijuana, she says that um, when she like took the pills, she didn't want to kill herself. She just wanted to escape. Which didn't make a lot of sense to me, but who am I to judge? <laughs> like, well, that was the that was the name of the previous episode was the escape. Oh shit! I guess mission accomplished, <laughs> but not really. Yeah, I don't know. I think she mm. just like f- was freaking out and acted impulsively and was stupid. She made a stupid mistake. Um. But I'm glad she didn't want to kill herself. At least, you know, she said that. Um, well, and that's it- sometimes, too, when people, like, failed suicide attempts. They're, you like, there's some, that, that documentary about people jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. 
like when they put those nets there, like people who survived jumping up, they were so happy that they didn't kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if she feels that way now. Like she maybe she says that now. Maybe she was. I don't. Where I'm At overthinking this. So no, much, you're, no, that, but, that, that's reasonable. Like that makes sense yeah, to me. Of this thing of like, oh, I'm so glad that that didn't work because I realized that I didn't want to do that. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, well, not a lot of times, but I feel like if you get close to death like that, you. You, that's how you gain an appreciation for life and that's like for some people i guess but um but she like completely denies ever wanting to have committed suicide and i don't think she ever changes that right she like sticks with that story the whole time yeah she's like i just wanted to get away escape i don't know Anyway, then you hear Julie off screen and she says, um, nurse, nurse, we're going to need some lunch, please. She says, please, in a way that sounds mean, which is crazy. Yes. She's like, lunch, it's please. Aggr- it's a very aggressive, please. Julie's such a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan. So, yeah, they hear they hear Julie come in. Ryan knows he doesn't want to be caught in this room when julie enters so he hides in the bathroom this becomes his like favorite hiding spot he does it twice in this episode (laughs) so he just i really wish that they he had like over exaggerated like when you hear julie in the background he's just like looking all around like (laughs) he tries to like go under the bed he tries to like behind the curtain (laughs) yeah he tries to like uh uh like move the coat rack and put like a hat and a coat over him and like stand very still. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, that's not working either. She's like, the bat just go in the bathroom. Oh, He's like, oh yeah, bathroom. Okay. I hope your mom doesn't have to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the I'll bring the coat rack stuff just in case. Yeah, there'll be a coat rack in the bathroom. That's normal, right? <laughs> uh, so Julie comes in and she immediately like spots the flowers that Ryan brought her. And she goes, and judges them. <laughs> yeah. She goes, they're from him. <laughs> she doesn't even say Ryan. She just goes, him. Um, and Marissa tries to explain, like, look, it's not his fault that any of this happened. And Julie says, you were happy before he showed up. And Marissa's like, no, I wasn't. And then Julie's like, well, you didn't tell me that you were unhappy. And then Marissa's like, I tried, Mom. And then Julie's like, gotta go, bye. <laughs> like, like she still doesn't get it. It was, I, I, I really liked that scene because it's very obvious of like, she's proving the point. Like, by, Mar- like yeah. Marissa saying, I tried, but, and then she's just like, I have to go talk to security about making sure he doesn't stay here. And it's just like, yeah, point proven yeah mom it's like as she's walking away marissa should have been like mom you're proving my point right now i'm trying to tell you that i'm unhappy and you're just leaving again but yeah that woman's got crazy blinders on and is way not self-aware but yeah so she leaves to go talk to security so that they don't let ryan in the building i don't know yeah it's like any like attractive young blonde men if you Keep see if you see a young man in a white tank top, 
and a leather yeah. wristband. Yeah, leather. Shoot to kill. <laughs> They're like, ma'am, that's not really what we do here. <laughs> She's like, here's $5,000. Kill him. Make it look like an accident. Um, so she exits. Ryan emerges from the bathroom. Uh, and he tells Marissa, he's like, I- I'll be back. I got to go take this exam to get into the school. Uh, and then um, Marissa's like, I-, I don't know if you should come back. My mom's going to be here. Ryan's like, I ain't afraid of no Julie Cooper. And Marissa's like, well, I am. I'm like, oh, she's afraid of her own mother. Reasonably. Yeah, that was kind of a sad line when I really thought about it. Yeah. That sucks. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't be afraid of your own mom. But when it's Julie Cooper, I get it. Yeah. So then we cut to the uh, the Cohen's kitchen with Seth and Kirsten. Um, Seth is reading a comic book. Kirsten was he reading Batman? Yes. I don't know. Later scene, he's reading Batman. I assume it's the same book, comic book. Yeah, I think it was the same one. Um, what a what a classic! <laughs> Nothing obscure like just so far up they've Batman. done. Uh, they've done Legion. Um, Ryan was reading uh, Azrael, which is a like a kind of a deep cut Batman. Uh, yeah, spinoff DC, and then yeah, and then straight up Batman in this straight one. Straight up Batman. Um, so Kirsten. Um, is trying to like bring Ryan lunch. Like she assumes Ryan's still in the pool house studying for the exam, and Seth is there to like cover for Ryan. And the best excuse he can come up with is Ryan studying naked. <laughs> it's a chino thing. Yeah, he gets completely naked and he studies, and you don't want to mm-hmm. walk in there right now. Because, you know, if dad finds out, like, it's not going to look good. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's Seth? going on here? Yeah. He, he kind of lost like, his look, mind for a moment. You know there. how he has such great test scores? This is his method. Yeah. It's it's unconventional, sure, but it, you can't argue. Look at those test scores. But you know what? He gets the results he's looking for because Kirsten <laughs> is just like, okay, I guess I won't go in there. <laughs> Um, but saved by the bell, the, uh, doorbell rings and Kirsten goes to answer it and it is Jimmy Cooper. She does say, uh, we, you and I are going to have a little talk about your, your trip to Tijuana. Surprise trip to Tijuana. Oh yeah. And that comes back later on. Um, they eventually have that talk, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's lower on the priority list in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so Jimmy Cooper's at the front door. Kirsten answers. Jimmy is looking for Sandy because he wants to talk about this custody situation that that Julie just dropped on him. Um, Kirsten says, "Come on in. I'll. I'll. He just started a new job. I, I got to find his new, you know, office number. Which again, no cell phone. Like just call cell. It's a big deal. That's what I'm saying. Why did Jim? I mean, I get why Jimmy would." want to just go to their house because then he gets to see Kirsten and Oh yeah. He's always looking he for loves Kirsten. Right. Even though they're awkward in this scene because they he kissed her in the last episode. Right. Um, but yeah, why not just 
call Sandy on his cell phone and say, Hey, it's Jimmy Cooper. Uh, here's what's going on. Uh, Julie's going to sue me for sole custody. Can you help me? Right. And apparently, like, Julie's fast-tracking it or something, because he's like, I need, we need this by tomorrow, or whatever. Yeah. Like, is that, uh, from what I know, the court systems work very slowly. <laughs> but, I don't know. Maybe Julie found a way to expedite the process. I don't know. Yeah. She's so, got connections. Of course she does. She's the queen. Um. So, Kirsten's like, come on in, Jimmy. I'll I'll find his new number. Jimmy's like, yeah, I'll just I'll just wait out here. And Kirsten's like, you know, because of the kiss and like, I don't want things to be awkward. I'm like, Jimmy, you're making things awkward by trying to not make things awkward. Uh, Kirsten's like, Jimmy, we've we've been friends for too long to let that that little kiss like make things weird between us. And uh, Jimmy's like, I was so stupid. I, I was just so monumentally stupid you know you you and sandy are the only friends i have left which is true you don't want to fuck this up jimmy (laughs) and one of them's a lawyer so like as much as you try to fuck this up you don't want to fuck this up they're literally all you have left (laughs) julie's about to take the kids from you and kirsten's just like she goes uh yeah she goes she goes it's okay i mean it's not okay but it's but okay. It's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's okay for you to come in. Don't try to kiss me again. But you can come inside the house. We're adults here. Um, and then we cut to Marissa's hospital room with Marissa. And um she uh is trying to call Jimmy. So it starts with her like on the phone trying to call her dad she's in the hospital jimmy's daughter is in the hospital trying to call him on his cell phone and he doesn't answer people don't use their cell phones because no one answers their cell it's phones. so fucking wild because people will like jump over a couch to answer a landline remember when like when like um Ryan and Marissa were about to kiss in uh, the Outsider episode. Yeah. And there are millimeters away. Millimeters. And the phone rings and Ryan's like, I got to answer that. It was <laughs> it was the landline. Now, nobody's answering their cell phones in this show. But if a landline rings, they're bending over backwards to answer it. You remember how annoying phone, like, 2003, how annoying cell phone ringers were? Like, they were oh, all yeah. very that, like, mono, like... Yeah. Like, sort of, uh, like, MIDI-sounding, like... You could get, like... You could get... I remember I had one that was uh, Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z, and it kind of sounded like the song. It was like... I remember my uh i had a cell phone where you could you could like it had a little composer and you could like compose a ringtone yeah like midi it was essentially midi and i think i programmed like a bright eyes like melody into mine so i like couldn't wait for people to call me yeah it's a bright eyes song i programmed it in there full oranges 
didn't made it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Jimmy doesn't answer the phone, goes to voicemail. She just hangs up, doesn't leave a message. Julie enters and informs Marissa that she plans on shipping her off to San Diego per a Dr. Burke's evaluation. So Dr. Burke's a psychologist that's coming to evaluate Marissa and Julie essentially just wants to like throw her in a mental institution. It sounds like. I want to uh, address just to make sure we're saying things right, because later summer calls it an insane asylum and it feels very in, in the same way that we've pointed out, like, they call them wife beaters. We don't call them wife beaters anymore. Right. Um, they they call um, oh what was the other one? Oh, whenever they like make light of summer stepmom's addiction to prescription pills. Yeah, and we're like, oh yeah, no, we don't we don't really do that anymore. Do we call them insane asylums anymore? Is that a I don't know. Is if that, that a term that's since mental wellness is mental health has become more of a thing that we address yeah i feel like the the term insane like i feel like that's that's a term that gets thrown around very loosely i feel like it may not even have a like clinical definition like it may just be like kind of a like a almost like a slang word that's that's used inappropriately so Mm -hmm. to say insane asylum like is probably incorrect is but it is i'm sure it is some sort of like institution for like you know like uh mental illness or mental health mental gotcha. disorders but yeah I, I at the time you're right like yeah marissa's just gonna throw that word around like like it ain't nothing but i don't yeah. know if it's i wanted, to, I wanted like, to make sure because i feel like we've done a good job of not calling them wife beaters we're trying so i wanted i wanted <laughs> to make sure yeah also i didn't know if i needed to start referring to them as the mentally unwell clown posse um, <laughs> um that might be well what would be the most like accurate (laughs) term for what they are (laughs) (laughs) might Uh, be mentally unwell i don't know unmusical like yeah least melodic clown posse uh uh flowless clown posse they have no flow i'm gonna stop um so what Julie, if some of the what? what if some of the uh juggalo fam is listening oh uh, come on fam. do you think there's a crossover between the oc and the icp i'm sure they yeah i'm sure the uh the juggalos were big fans of the oc <laughs> come on family you know it's all love <laughs> we'll drink some uh fago together and smoke a blunt it's all whoop, good whoop 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 so yeah dr burke's gonna come in and evaluate marissa marissa's like to julie marissa's like does dad know that you're trying to pull this shit and uh julie just kind of brushes that off and um she just says like time away from dad is a good idea like what the fuck julie so she's just trying to like uproot marissa from her life essentially ship her off I don't know why she thinks that's like gonna be good for Marissa. Like, but that uh, I mean, and and where where 
well away and we've done nothing this episode but talk about how awful Julie Cooper can be but it does feel like she does think that that's what's best for her I mean yeah obviously it's, she's- it's just not it's not like a thing where she's like I just got to get her out of the picture so I don't have to deal with her like it does it does feel like she cares about her and thinks this is the best option yeah it's just the way that she's going about doing because we'll find out later that she basically lies to the doctor and says that you know her and jimmy both agree that that's what they should do and right yeah she's being way too dishonest way too sneaky for this to be okay Mm -hmm. but you're right yeah i think like all of this comes from julie's love for marissa like she she truly and deeply loves her daughter. She's a lot like Cersei in Game of Thrones. It's like the one possible <laughs> redeeming characteristic of hers is that she she does love her children a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she, the, she does. I get the sense that she does think this is the best thing for Marissa because she sees Ryan as a terrible influence. She sees Jimmy as a terrible influence. She's like everybody here sucks except for me so i'm gonna send marissa down there to get better and then you know she'll come back and you know go get back together with luke or whatever i don't know i don't know her her motivations here are kind of kind of weird but i do understand where she's coming from Mm -hmm. so she drops this on marissa marissa says she has to go to the bathroom and she like sneaks her cell phone into the bathroom. And then uh, while she's in the bathroom, Julie takes the flowers that Ryan brought her and just fucking throws them in the garbage. <laughs> Which, you know what sucks? Flowers, everything in a gift shop in a hospital is really expensive. Yeah. You know, like, Ryan. They jack up the prices. I bet Ryan paid. At least, like, minimum, like, 30 bucks for those flowers. Especially a hospital in Newport. I mean, come on. Yeah. Dude, like, remember in the last episode, like, they couldn't get cheese sticks and ding-dongs? They had to pick <laughs> one. That's how broke Ryan is. And yeah. so, he managed to, like, he dipped into his savings and bought Marissa these flowers. And Julie just threw them away. But it's not like, like Marissa's going to come out of the bathroom and not notice that she did that. The trash can is right below where the flowers were. The only so thing that's go... in the trash can is the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, where are those flowers? Looks down. Oh, there they are. <laughs> nice one, Mom. Really mature. Thanks a lot. It's like, come on, Julie. Quit being it's a douche. Uh, so then we cut to Seth's bedroom. He's reading the guess Batman who's not getting the Guess who's not getting the OCMVP of this episode? Julie Cooper. Sticking Julie Cooper. <laughs> um, we heard. I wonder knock. if she'll ever get it. <sighs> she might. I feel like she. There gets might be an episode when that later. happens. That's gonna be that's, a big day. Yeah, that's gonna be weird. <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be well earned because she's she's on my naughty list, guys. <laughs> um. So there's a knock at Seth's bedroom door. He says, not now, Mom. I'm studying naked. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ryan. Drop it. I'm going to drop it drop in Drop it. <laughs> and uh, you hear Summer on the other side of the door go, ew. And it says, like, Summer? 
<laughs> he's like, no, oh, come, come, come in. And she's like, no, no, no. He like opens the door. She's like closing her, eye, covering her eyes. Like, I don't want to see you naked. He's like, I'm not naked. Come on. That was Did a you joke. When he, when he goes to open the door, there's a big trapped poster. Oh yeah. The, he loves trapped. It feels like at this point, they're still figuring out his musical taste. I think like, the trapped poster was like in episode one. I That's think so too, but like, and they've, you know, he was listening to Death Cab in the last time. He's listening to a Paul Westerberg song, which is yeah. the guy from The Replacements, Placements, like yeah. his solo stuff. So it's very much like, I don't know where the overlap of like trapped fans and the replacement fans <laughs> are. Probably it just, just seems a- weird that they were like, yeah, we'll leave that up because... Maybe he still likes that. I don't know. Maybe it's who probably knows? like a very similar looking Venn diagram to Jan Mitchell's The OC Podcast and Juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, like for, well, the, tra- for the tra- record, I I I hope we're the, the replacements of that analogy and not the trapped. We're the trapped. <laughs> Damn it! Trapped was like a um, they were like a ninety nine X band, right? They were kind of like a new metal. They had the. They had Headstrong. That was... Headstrong will take you yeah. on. If I've heard another Trapped song, I couldn't even tell you, but I know that that's Trapped. I feel like they would tour with... Uh, who was that band that went... <laughs> Disturbed. Yeah, they would tour with Disturbed. <laughs> but you're right. That doesn't quite line up with... Like The Replacements, Modest Mouse, The Shins, Death Cab... That all makes sense. But Trapped? Yeah, Seth isn't... He's not an angry kid. No, he's, he's like, like an emo mo- kid. He's kind of mopey and sad. Yeah. He's, he's emo. I wouldn't... Yeah. Is the, the, the term for the times. Right. He gets a, a... At a certain point, he does get like a little renovation of his room, and it's his posters are like Ben Folds Live and... Yeah. Adam, Adam and, and his, his package. package. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a little that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But honestly, we haven't been in Seth's room a ton in a while. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask because there's something that comes up that I was like, is this the first time? Yeah, I know we'll what you're talking to, about. We'll and get to I it. guess it is. So Summer Summer's like checking out his room when she walks in. She's just kind of like, so this is what your room's like, which is cute. I remember doing that in high school. Like you go to a girl's room and you're just like looking at all the posters and just kind of like taking it all in. Like, yeah. Oh, so this is, this is your, your world. This is like, yeah, you personified like you in a room. Uh, uh, I like that was a nice little touch. It was also like kind of hinted at the fact that Summer's, you know, a little interested in Seth. She's not totally dismissive of him. Um, she immediately takes a beeline to Captain Oates. That's what you're That's talking about. That's the first right? time, yeah. right? That Summer's seen Captain Oates. It's, I don't think it's the first time that we as an audience have seen Captain Oates. Okay. I feel like I Ryan and Seth. I feel like Seth introduced Ryan to Captain Oates in an earlier episode. Okay. So, I kind of, I guess, yeah, I forgot about that, but yeah, okay, that's cool. But I don't—that's the first time Summer's seen it. Yeah, and I, I, I love this show. I really do. It's such a, it, it's such an important show to me. I've never really understood the whole plastic horse 
thing. <laughs> Me neither. Other than the fact that we find out later that Summer also has like a My Little Pony kind of thing. Princess called Sparkle. Princess Sparkle. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a specific weird thing that they both have a toy horse. Yeah. And they're in high school. But I've not, ne- I don't know. I've never really. But I, it's not I, that I don't like it. I just, it's just kind of weird to me that that's the choice. But they made a choice and whatever. But it's not right. my it is favorite weird. thing. But I think, I think it is, it's important or notable or gets as much screen time as it does for the reason you just said, which is like, it's this weird idiosyncratic thing that both Seth and Summer Mm-hmm. have in common independently of each other like they both have their plastic horses that they like talk to or like grew up with i don't know like i definitely it's like had, their blanket it's like their yeah. comfort thing yeah i definitely had like a stuffed animal that i that i got when i was like a baby that i just like kept in my room forever i didn't talk I had, to I it. Had a sword you got a sword. You got, you were born, and uh, your your Nordic father came home from battle <laughs> and wiped gave the, me a sword. Wiped the and blood of his was, enemies off his sword and handed it to you. Whenever I was feeling troubled or you know had to think some shit out, I would just sharpen my sword. Yeah, your father said, "As soon as you can lift it, we will go hunting." <laughs> um. No, and maybe it's also that I I don't like horses. Maybe if it was like a <laughs> some dog. different animal, a yeah. dog, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm like that. I get. Yeah, but you're I do right. like I do like the names Captain Oats and Princess Sparkle. I think that that's that's very those are good names. Yeah, for I agree. Horses. Yeah, summer 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 goes straight to him, straight to Captain Oats, picks him up. She says, "Who who's this?" And says, so "Like I don't I don't know." She's like, "What's his name?" And so it's just kind of like embarrassed, you know, it's like Captain Oates. Now he like moves on to something else. Uh, so it's like he's embarrassed about it, but Summer's like interested in it, I guess, because we don't know it yet, but she has her own version of Captain Oates. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like starting to click with her that like, oh, maybe he is my soulmate. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Summer says to Seth that Marissa called and Julie wants to send her to an institution and we need Ryan. And Seth's just like, what am I, am I not enough? And she's like, Julie Cooper. And he's like, you're right. We need Ryan. Let's go. We need Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. This is another like Adam Brody ad lib. I feel like, but as they're walking out, Oh, absolutely. It was yeah. an ad lib. As, as they're, as they're both walking out of Seth's room, he's like, that's my bad. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> such Which, good banter between these two. Yeah, it's such a thing of like, uh, one, of course, it's the kind of sexual thing of it. But it's also the like, you know when someone's in your house for the first time and you feel like you need to show them, give them a tour? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I gave so up many on times the tour. when I've gone to somebody's house for the first time or their apartment, they're like, let me show you around. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, I get it. I think Larry David had a bit about that on Curb. Like, it was, it was like a new, it was like a housewarming party or something. He shows up and they're like, well, we'll give you the tour. And he's just like, nah, it's okay. 
He's like, come on, I want to give you a tour. He's like, I get it. Bedrooms, bathrooms, it's a house. Fuck it. I get it. Like, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> but you're right. There's that that impulse to do that, especially if it's like a new place. But I gave up on it. People come over. I mean, our house is tiny anyway. <laughs> it's like people come over. I'm just like, that's a bathroom. It's easy to find. That's all you really need yeah. to know. And we're done. Um, <laughs> so then we oh, could- I haven't showed you the dungeon yet. And they're like, the dungeon? You're like, nah, you don't need to see that. But it's like the really exciting stuff that you oh, don't yeah. show them. <laughs> we do have a dungeon, though. It is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we cut to Sandy's office. He's on the phone with a client. And uh, Rachel enters. And she does a, like another hand gesture this is the the podcast episode of hand gestures this but, one i think i know this one means like wrap it up well like, she she does kind of a wrap it up but it's also kind of look like she's saying like yo what up like it looks like kind of a a like a like <laughs> like a rap hand gesture or something like rap and rachel just stepped into the office rap and rachel's here and i'm here to say you gotta get off that phone sandy and she so it's not like the rolling of the hands where she's saying like wrap it up she's kind of like flailing them up and down <laughs> i don't know i, I like i kind of want to go back is it kind of like a what the fuck are you doing because it's kind of yeah it's like a freak out the like, office it's not a not necessarily a wrap it up it's kind of like a what are you blah! like yeah a little Seth bit more does of some a, hand signals later too this is the hand signals episode. a lot of hand signals you're right um and then Sandy gets off the phone with a client. He says, my wife does that exact same thing when she's pissed off at me. <laughs> Rachel says, your wife and I have a lot in common. Which, like... They do. They look kind of similar. They look very similar. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. Um, and then you're like, oh, she just means she's pissed off at him. I get it. <laughs> then, uh, um, so apparently Sandy's, like, taking all of these cases to trial where rachel's like we don't want to go to trial like you you we brought you in he's like i thought that's what you brought me in for she's like yes but we want to save you for like the big cases not the like botched botox bullshit whatever yacht noise complaint cases uh remember do you remember the case that sandy refers to it i think it was the hardest i laughed in this episode really he goes he goes, but this man wants to grow his hedges on his side of the yard and his neighbor won't let him. And he like says it with conviction, <laughs> but it's so clear like that he's a, just like, fuck these people. I All of hate, these people are, are trash. Yeah. Everybody here is so conceited <laughs> and superficial. Because that's the thing. Who the fuck would sue their neighbor for something like that? It's like rich people. Like fucking rich people. No, of course. There's no, because... That's how they talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, like, like court fees and stuff are expensive. Any, like, reasonable, like, middle-class person would just be like, well, I'm either going to s- try to have a reasonable conversation with them, or I'll just let them do what they want, because yeah. I don't want to pay for a lawyer. <laughs> or I'll be passive-aggressive as shit and, like, sabotage them in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'll just wait till they're like sleeping, a re- I'll cut that like, shit down. Yeah, like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's kind of all that scene is. Rachel's just like, you want to settle these cases out of court. We don't want to, we don't want to waste our time and money, like going to taking these to a judge. 
and she she kind of she ends the scene by saying like please do it for me to sandy and i'm like step back honey (laughs) they're really again i mean it kind of started in the last episode and it continues in this episode and it goes on to the next episode to how many ever however many episodes she's in but they're really just like trying to get that tension between the two of them and i did actually in the next scene with the two of them mm-hmm. i i i started to feel something towards their relationship but even in yeah. this one i'm just like sandy's he's he's too hip for you're for barking you're, up the wrong but, tree yeah <laughs> yeah he <laughs> likes you but he doesn't like you like you <laughs> exactly um so then we cut to Marissa's hospital room with Marissa and Julie. A lot of a lot of time in Marissa's hospital room this episode. Um Julie, okay, so wait, I don't know if this was just like the ep- the version of the episode I watched. Did you see this see, like it looked like it was an absolute fuck up. But I don't know if it was just like the bootleg version I watched cuz I can't stream this anywhere fucking up. Did did you see this scene? Did you make any note of it? It's like just one shot and it's Marissa in bed and Julie's holding Marissa's hand and she's talking to Marissa, but you can't hear what Julie's saying to Marissa. And then it immediately cuts to the Harbor School. No. Okay. I think I must have just gotten a weird yeah. version. Where no, that it scene goes from... Because it the, it's the exact same scene that comes in later. Yeah, and no, I'm like, that's, did they just recycle that shot? I'm like, that's so weird that they did that. I think in mine, it goes right from the Sandy and Rachel scene to Ryan taking his placement exam. Okay, that makes sense because I was like, I wrote down like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, this is like yeah. a weird. No, fuck the up. next time we see Marissa is when she's talking to Doctor Burke. Okay, and you have the official DVDs, so yes, that is canon. That is like, <laughs> that is law. What is on those discs? Yeah, all right. These are, then, these are these aren't the like, and these are original. This isn't like George Lucas went in and added a bunch of shit. <laughs> he added Jar Jar to like, <laughs> instead of Jimmy Cooper. George we thought Lucas people would want to watch in Jar Jar. A scene in the OC. Wait for real? Yes, it's got to be like season three or four. No, I think it's two or three it's whenever they're doing the comic book it might be three zach and seth are doing the comic and they yeah george lucas is in it he's in one scene they go to dinner with him holy crap and it's really george lucas and it's (laughs) such a weird i wonder if there was like a i don't Maybe episode three was coming out and they thought maybe this is good publicity yeah but it's George. It's not even like Hayden Christensen or Natalie Portman or someone who's actually in the movie. It's fucking George Lucas as himself. It's he, so weird. Does he ever say like, "Hey, you know, Seth, you should probably go see episode three, <laughs> Revenge of the Clone Sith," <laughs> and you should really go see it. You, your George Lucas is way better than mine. You should really go see it in IMAX if you can. <laughs> And also give Jar Jar another chance. He Why wasn't is everybody that bad? so hard on Jar Jar? <laughs> he was the key to everything. 
Because Jar Jar's fucking dumb, dude. <laughs> um. So let all right. So that that scene didn't happen. I don't, I wrote down a note, but I, I was hoping that it was just a fuck up on the bootleg version. I watched. No, yeah. I, okay. I do not rec- because I would have made a note of that. Yeah. Thank God. Okay. So we go to Harbor Harbor School. Ryan is uh he's taking the test. Seth and Summer burst into the room where he's taking the test, and they're just like, "We gotta go." No regard at all for nope. like how important this test is. Yeah. This is his future. They, they, <laughs> the, the, the kids shrug this test off like it is nothing. Now, I guess they feel like they have to... I mean, it's such like a haphazard attempt to like rescue Marissa. It's like not well thought out like most of their plans are. No, but this... I mean, this is essentially... Uh, high school in a nutshell is that the school part of it is just something you do. Yeah. Who cares for, for most people. I, 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 I'm me, you and I felt this way. I'm sure there were some people that were like, no, if I, I got to get at least a 4.0 so I can get into it. But for the, for most of us, it was just like, yeah, you go to school and then you, you just have to pass. Right. But what's really important is your relationship yes. with this girl that yes. is super cute, and that's all that matters. And you got to do whatever <laughs> it takes to get that girl. And Ryan personifies that in the scene. Yes, said <laughs> so that Summer burst in, and they're like, "Marissa's in trouble. We got to go." And then uh, Ryan's almost like, comical. Okay. <laughs> they're kind of like all talking at the same time. And Doctor yeah. Kim comes in, and she's like, "What's going on here?" And then they both really just both start talking over each other. And yeah, like, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Kim's just like. Get the fuck out of here. And Seth and Summer's like, it's an emergency. And Dr. Kim's like, I don't care. Leave. <laughs> I'm like, what if it really was an emergency? And Dr. <laughs> Kim's like, no, he's got to take this test right now. But she's like, deals with kids all the time, I guess. So it's like, if it was a real emergency, like your parents would be here or something. Uh, she's like, Seth, it really is always interesting to see you. So interesting to see you <laughs> Seth that's such a backhanded fucking way to talk to somebody um, so I can't wait till I can actually see people again and I can use that line on <gasps> Jay so interesting to see you <laughs> um, so Seth and Summer exit Ryan's like I gotta go too Dr. Kim's like you walk away now you're walking away from this school Ryan throws the test down on her desk and he says, probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. And then he leaves. And I'm like, yay? <laughs> like, like, was that a cool move, Ryan? I don't know. This is your future. I, I think, I think the first time watching this, you know, we're, we're 20 years old. We're a little closer to that. What, what I was just explaining and what Ryan's like, how he's handling it, and we're just like, "Yeah, man, fucking go get her. Yeah, you got this." Go on. Whereas, bro. yeah, now <laughs> as thirty, we're in our mid thirties. We're just like, Ryan, you should really consider all the possible outcomes here. Like, this is the best preparatory school in the country. 
Yeah. You're, and you're how far an- away is San Diego? I mean, and you could just drive up on weekends. And, and how long is she even going to be there? Maybe like a month or two? Yeah. And then she'll be back and it'll be fine. And you'll be at Harbor, the same school she'll be going to. Fucking chill out. <laughs> I don't know, though. If Tijuana is three hours away, which it isn't, then maybe San Diego is like two hours away. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Did you talk to your sister about the distance between Newport and San Diego? I should have. Because she's we the... Might have to, we might have to get her... The resident her, map uh, expert. Updates. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Ryan Bales. And then uh, we go to Marissa's hospital room. We're with Marissa and Dr... We get introduced to Dr. Burke now. Um, Did you recognize Dr. Burke? Who is she? I didn't. Dr. Burke. She's interviewing marissa the only other thing i knew her from was also her interviewing tom cruise in magnolia oh okay remember yeah yeah, yeah, i yeah. wrote her her name is april grace she played guinevere in magnolia she's fucking great at interviewing people she's your go-to interviewer <laughs> i like it was and like she basically is doing sort of the same character more or less because she's doing the same thing that she was doing in magnolia also uh magnolia was my favorite movie in high school so it felt appropriate to that i i made that connection um but yeah i was just like who is this i recognize this person and then i realized like oh yeah tom cruise magnolia (laughs) Magnolia. came out around this time right maybe a little before 1998 oh okay yeah so like about five years before. Yeah. I didn't see it though until probably 2003 or 2004. So, okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Good at interviewing people. <laughs> kind of like emotionally unstable people. Mm-hmm. And she keeps it very calm, very cool, very collected. So she's discussing. She goes a little easier on Marissa though than she oh, did yeah. on Tom. Well, Cruise. Marissa's not a misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> true true (laughs) give her that um so she brings up um in ninth grade marissa had a bout of anorexia uh marissa replies you know it was tennis season i was really stressed out i wasn't anorexic i just like was really stressed and i guess didn't eat because of all the stress she says in 10th grade you got caught shoplifting Marissa says, yeah, I just stole a lighter and a pack of smokes, <laughs> which who hasn't, especially if you're underage. How do you steal a pack of also, cigarettes? Also, yeah, though? that is tricky because it's always behind the counter. Maybe that's how she got caught. <laughs> she like waited for the clerk to like straight up walked. <laughs> yeah, she just like walked back there like, hey, or, what the fuck? <laughs> or summer was kind of the decoy yeah and she's like as we'll see later in this episode she's a pretty good decoy great decoy she can just spin a yarn and and start talking mm-hmm. and she does so um she asks about marissa's drinking she's like do you drink a lot and marissa's like what does a lot mean <laughs> like oh that's not a good start and <laughs> she asks her if she's ever uh blacked out drinking and marissa's kind of silent um she's like yeah episode one yeah ryan carried me to the <laughs> pool house because he's a babe um and then she she kind of like 
changes the subject on Dr. Burke. She says, you're here because my mom wants me shipped off. And Dr. Burke's like, I'm here to help you. I don't know what that means. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I noticed that the camera... Did you notice the camera was like kind of crossing behind each person? Mm-hmm. So it, it like, felt like it was doing like a circle, but it just kept cutting. Yeah, to whoever was talking. I feel like it didn't work super effectively in a couple of the shots because at one point, so the camera's like moving. You know, it's like crossing the line, going from you know Marissa being in the foreground on frame left and Dr. Burke being the focus on frame right and then the camera moves so that Marissa's back of her head is frame right and Dr. Burke is frame left but it's like they're having dialogue while the camera's crossing so at some point you're just looking at the back of Marissa's head yeah. <laughs> without seeing Dr. Burke's face and they did they do an okay job with it but I'm also like we didn't we didn't need that camera move in this scene <laughs> It felt it felt ambitious. It it was it was one of the like we said, there's usually an artsy shot or two. Yeah. This one may be less artsy, more ambitious. But it was ambitious. It, when it when it worked, it looked cool. It just didn't work every time. Yeah, they should have uh rehearsed it a little bit more. But um Dr. Burke says, uh tell me tell me what's going on with, with you and your mom. And Marissa says, How much time do you got? So, so then we cut to the hospital hallway with Seth and Ryan. Um, uh, where's Summer? Good question. She is. <laughs> she emerges in her candy striper uniform. So apparently, Summer, I guess, volunteers at the hospital as a candy striper. I feel like we have we seen this before, or does it? No, but we see it again. Well, okay, we do see it again. Like yeah, I remember later it, in the show. It's her and Marissa. Up. It seems like a thing that that those those girls do is like volunteer candy strippers. Yeah, and they like read books to people and stuff. She uh looks very cute in her candy striper outfit, but Seth's response is so <laughs> he is so overwhelmed. <laughs> she looks there, he goes, Good Lord As if he just like came in his pants right then and there. It's just like I get like I don't know it like it's that whole thing of like a nurse fantasy, but she's not it's just like it's not like she's necessarily sexy or a, anything. Like a it's short it's not a super short skirt or anything. There's not a lot of like skin showing (laughs) just goes good lord (laughs) i think he also says like i should be hospitalized more often (laughs) and ryan's like i can help you with that and he punches him (laughs) and then he shoots him in the arm (laughs) um yeah that's that's seth being seth Um, but you know, Summer has a rapport with like the nurses and stuff at reception. So she's just like, oh, these guys are with me. They're going to help me with the sponge baths or whatever. What do you think? We've talked about, I think it was the second episode where Marissa's like pretty good at scheming. Yeah. And in this scene, this is like Summer's idea because 
Ryan and Seth are just kind of waiting for her. I don't. They didn't even know. I think that she was going to. Do She's this. like, "Wait here, I'll be right back." And they're just like, "What do you okay. think?" Yeah, what do you think their plan was? I don't. Because Ryan don't know. does go up to the the uh, person working behind the desk. Yeah, and is like, "Hi, I'm here to see Marissa Cooper." Yeah, it's like, "What's your plan, dude?" Yeah, we've already we've already uh, notified security that you're in the building per Julie Cooper's security request. Is, everywhere looking for you man yeah we got posters up all over the hospital (laughs) if you see this brooding teenager (laughs) shoot on sight (laughs) um actually when when seth says i should be hospitalized more summer says well if you need any help with that she's like that old yeah the old feisty kind of like back and forth they have it's great she's feisty yeah. So then we cut to the um, hospital waiting room, and we're with Dr. Burke, Jimmy, and Julie. And Burke thinks Marissa should, like, do treatment. She should, you know, for her mental health. And she suggests, you know, like, group therapy. She says, we can do it either here or in San Diego. Either is fine. And um, Julie's really pushing to, like, ship her off she says it's like too chaotic here Mm -hmm. and uh jimmy of course wants her to stay which it's like this is jimmy finally being like a good guy and like (laughs) doing what i would say is the 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 empathetic right thing which he's he's, yeah and he makes good points he's like school's about to school starting like in a couple days and all her friends are here and like this is her and home. She can do it here. Like yeah. she'll get essentially the same out of doing it here that she will in San Diego. So why What's would we problem? send her to San Diego? Exactly. And um I never thought I'd say this before, but I'm on Jimmy's side. <laughs> Dude, same. Yeah. <laughs> it took uh eight episodes, but and it took like, you know, him battling with julie cooper for me to be like okay i'm on jimmy's side because julie's just the worst um dr burke's kind of like sees the writing on the wall she's like hey i'm no dummy i'm a psychologist i can see that you two have some discussions to have (laughs) and so she's like okay you guys figure it out i'm gonna go and um Julie and Jimmy essentially are both just like, you know, like, talk to my lawyer and talk to my lawyer. And then they like split. Um, Julie exits. I wish, yeah. for comedic purposes, I wish that that exchange had gone on for like two and a half minutes. Of like, talk to my lawyer. You talk to my lawyer. Oh, yeah. Well, you talk to my lawyer. You talk to my lawyer first. I got his number okay, right here. Then, you want it? But then you talk to my lawyer. Hey, I'm not even listening to you right now because you should be talking to my lawyer. Okay, that's fine. I will. But then after I'm done, I will go ahead and give you the number to my lawyer and you will talk to my lawyer. Okay. But, you know, like when you give me the number, don't even say it to me because I'm not even listening to you because I'm just going to talk to your lawyer. Uh, I just called uh, here. It's it's my lawyer. It's for you. Oh, hello, lawyer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Could you hold, please? Here. Actually, here's my phone. This is my lawyer. <laughs> You're right. That would have been great. <laughs> Why didn't they do that? <laughs> So, but well, they didn't do that because Julie wants to go see Marissa. So she exits and, um, we're at, we cut back to the nurse's desk and Dr. Burke is on the phone, but she's not on a cell phone. She's on like the hospital phone. 
Like the land, like she's reaching over the desk, grabbing the phone. Were we, were we more privileged than we thought? Because 2003, I had a cell phone. You did. Yeah. Most of our friends did. I, was I thought it. it was kind of universal at that point that people had them. Was like service not good or something? Like I think also it was just hard... And I think it's still hard for some movies and TV shows to, like, do cell phones. Yeah, that's true. They kind of, like... just still kind of figuring out, how do we... Do we treat them just like phones? Yeah, just treat them just like phones. That's what they are. That's what they... That's all, that, that's all they do. You, you talk to people on them like phones. You know what I do, like, now that um, it's, like, watching old stuff, like, rewatching like, The Wire... Yeah. Um, or any shows around this era or even up until like iPhones became a thing is the, the flip phone is so good on camera when oh, you end I a call it. and you fucking flip it down or the slider phones. Ashley oh, was telling me she, too, yeah. she had a slider phone. She was like, it was so satisfying to like hang it up. Cause you just go and it just like closes up into this nice little shell. Yeah, any scene where there's like a a call ends with like tension or they're mad at each other, that like slide or that flip. Yeah, it doesn't read as well with like a smartphone. You're just like, just like I'm gonna push press a button, press the screen, <laughs> press the glass screen very hard. You're right. You can't hang up angrily on an iPhone. Even when yeah. you do it, you have to like check to make sure you hung up because there's the like a flip. It's like or a hang up, like hanging up a rotary phone, like obviously you hung up but on a yeah. smartphone it's like you're just tapping glass man uh, uh, i just same. put on speaker god damn it I just take my airpods out and throw them <laughs> fuck you <laughs> um so burke's on the on the phone at the nurse's desk julie enters um and she says to dr burke jimmy and i discussed it and we think it's best for Marissa to go to San Diego. Uh, I have like all her bags packed. I can drive her down tonight. And Dr. Burke's like, okay, I'll make the arrangements. I thought Dr. Burke should have been a little bit smarter than that. But maybe she doesn't You'd know think Julie so, that well. Because when she walked away, they clearly were not in agreement. Yeah. And it was just like in 15 seconds, she changed his mind. And also like... When she was like to Marissa, she was like, let's talk about your mom. And Marissa was like, how much time do you have? Like, I assume that discussion like gave Dr. Burke some insight into what a horrible monster Julie Cooper yeah. is. Again, that's a scene I want to see. Yeah, I really <laughs> I want do Marissa too. to go fucking off on her mom to this stranger Big who time. basically has doctor patient confidentiality. It's like, yeah, fucking go for it. Just let it all out. Let her rip. Yeah. I mean, we all know that Marissa doesn't have the easiest time expressing herself, but I feel like in this like situation, she probably could have like delivered some gems. I think so. But we'll never um, know. Another deleted yeah. scene. Julie fucking Cooper. Mm. Conniving snake woman. I think uh <laughs> I think Sandy refers to her as the dragon lady. The dragon lady. La- you went toe to toe with the dragon lady. Julie Cooper, the dragon lady. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to Marissa's uh, hospital room. Um we're with Marissa and Julie. 
And um, this, okay, so this was the shot that like I saw earlier that like you didn't see that wasn't in the episode. And then they show it again in this one, but you can hear Julie talking. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but luckily that. What kind of mind games is she trying to play? This is crazy. Uh, but luckily that's not the case um so julie says you know we want you to go to san diego it's for the best both me and your dad agree that this is the best versus like keeps saying that yeah doesn't totally lying versus like are you sure dad said that and she's like yeah he's totally cool with it (laughs) big fucking lie um julie exits and ryan emerges yet again from the bathroom well no marissa because and we don't know that ryan's in the bathroom at this point but marissa's like okay mom well if that's what you think yeah which is like immediately you're like crafty something's up this is like episode two marissa where she was like super crafty and smart Mm -hmm. she's doing it again here i think it's like when she has to like face her mother she can like bring out the big guns and and do do well at this but um it's like a thing where she has to like store up her energy like she can do it every six episodes yeah she stores energy by like shrugging and crying (laughs) (laughs) and then at a certain point her power-up bar is full (laughs) and she's like okay i can be crafty again so yeah, she she kind of like plays along and she's like, "Okay, mom, I'll just I'll just get changed out of my uh, you know, r- hospital gown and then we can go to San Diego." And she's like, "Great, I'll go like get the car or whatever." So then Julie leaves and Ryan emerges from the bathroom again, his favorite hiding spot. Um he hands Marissa the the candy striper uniform cuz I guess she she has one too. She's also candy striper. And mm-hmm. um you know, it's you know, it's 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 good cover because like. You Why see, are they called candy stripers? I think it's like the pattern that's on the. It's just has to do with the 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 dress stripe, the red and white stripes. Yes, and okay. yeah, it's like a like a volunteer thing that girls do, like a extracurricular thing. I guess I don't know. They and, don't give out candy <laughs> at a hospital. Not the healthiest option. Um, no, Patch Adams gave out candy. <laughs> he was a doctor. <laughs> he healed a lot of a lot of sad people with laughter. It's the best medicine. <laughs> best medicine. No, I don't know. Maybe they give out candy. They definitely is read that, books to people. I'm getting off topic. <laughs> is what Patch Adams? A, I was gonna ask: Is Patch Adams based on a true story? I think it is, and I think the guy that it was based on like wasn't cool with the movie he was like oh. i think i read that i don't want to disparage anything robin williams did because i love him but yeah i think the the guy that movie was based on wasn't crazy about it or something i don't know i have to look into it it to me if it's not based on a true story it seems like a movie that where they wrote the tagline for the movie first <laughs> before they wrote anything else. Laughter like, is the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine. Oh. <laughs> so it's what a about doctor. a doctor that makes people laugh? <laughs> Who do we got who's funny? Uh, Billy Crystal. Jim Belushi. Mm, dead. No, wait, John Belushi's dead. 
Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi is just not funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wrong Belushi died. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Williams. Perfect. Perfect. He um, was still alive at the time. He's what? I said he was, he was alive at the time. <laughs> alive at the time. Yes. Rest in peace, Robin. Um. So yeah, Ryan hands Marissa the candy striper outfit she's like i gotta change turn around and ryan kind of does like an over the shoulder and she's like no peeking (laughs) i thought that was cute um i mean a little pervy but they're having fun these kids they're just kids that want to see each other naked years old (laughs) yeah that's mutual. If you were in a room with with a with a girl when you were that age, and she took her shirt off, <laughs> yeah, the willpower it takes to not turn around or like try to find something reflective, <laughs> <laughs> just like scanning the room. <laughs> Where's a mirror? Where's a mirror? Oh, Ryan's got great willpower, as we've learned. Um, bah, bah, bah. oh yeah, did you notice that? Like when she's she says like no peeking, and then she like goes to change. Like Ryan, like <laughs> like grabs the back of his neck. It looks like he's just like crazy frustrated, <laughs> like sexually frustrated. He kind of like runs his hands through his hair, like grabs the back of his neck, like. Ah. <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, Ryan." He's like, "What? <laughs> Are you dressed yet? I can't stand <laughs> it anymore." Yeah, that was really funny. I don't know if that was even intentional or if I was just misinterpreting it, but that's what it looked like. It was really funny. So then because we, they haven't yeah. even like kissed at this point. Like no. there's been two or three times where they are so very close, but there's because later she like kisses them on the cheek. Yes, and it's just like, oh yeah, they still. That was that's that's moment. the furthest they've gotten. Basically, they like kind of they they spooned in the. Um, hotel room in the last episode, but yeah, they've had some embraces, and Ryan's mm-hmm. carrying her all over the place. But you're right, no, no, no tongue action. Um, so then we cut to the hospital hallway with Seth and Summer. I really like this scene. I thought it was super cute. Yeah. Um, so Summer's there with like the cart of books that the candy stripers have, and. Seth's just kind of flipping through it and he picks up Madame Bovary and he makes like an offhanded comment like, you know, the author could really turn a phrase and then Summer kind of like recaps the book like as if it were like a uh, like a soap opera or something. She's like, she's like, I mean, I get that she was totally heartbroken, but she didn't have to like kill herself with the arsenic. And, uh, and Seth was like, I didn't know you read this book and she was like yeah i've read it five times uh it's this one patient downstairs it's like his favorite book and she's like i should go check on him those it's just like you see another side of summer here and seth goes you're a strange and mysterious woman summer yeah so cute it's like the days of thunder thing it's like yeah you get these little peaks that i've this is i'm dumb i have no idea what madame bovary is. is it like a very popular it's book? like a classic like yeah. French literature book. I mean, I don't, I don't I never read it either. I had to like look <laughs> I know, it up. Like, I know like five books. Yeah, I mean, me too. I never read. 
Number I one, did. the Bible. It's inter- well, yeah. Every <laughs> every night. It's uh it's interesting that they picked that book though. I mean, it's not like a cool indie book or anything. <laughs> it's like- yeah, because Seth does uh he mentions Cavalier and Clay, which is a book that I have read. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I was wondering, like, in terms of, like, uh, you know, Great Gatsby and The Catcher in the Rye is like Madame Bovary in that like group of classics, and I just never—I don't think I had ever heard of it until. Yes, yeah, it was. It was earlier. It was like in the mid eighteen hundreds. I think it came out and. You know, it's um, it's probably like on par with like Testa Uberville or something like that. It's like one of those big epic tales of you know, like this. It it, it almost like kind of sounds like the OC when you like look at the <laughs> plot of it because I like looked it up and it's like you know this uh this girl from like a small provincial town like gets a taste for the finer things and like yeah steals a car goes to juvie meets a public defender who happens to be married to the richest girl in town (laughs) but no it's just that kind of like you know love triangle drama wealth power money class like how those things can like corrupt people and stuff so Mm-hmm. It sounds fitting for the OC, but still like an interesting choice. But um but yeah, you see you see that Summer has like a kind of an a, an intellectual side, a softer side, a side of her that like cares for other people. Um as she mentions the patient that she reads the book to. Yeah. Um and then they hear Julie Cooper. I love how Julie Cooper like can always be heard. <laughs> As Her she's, voice projects. Yeah, because she's always just demanding things. She's just like, you there, bring me lunch. You there, beef up the security. <laughs> I want that boy dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, A hundred us- shillings to the first person <laughs> who brings his head on a spit. <laughs> Seth, um like summer's talking and seth puts his hand over her mouth when they hear julie and then he takes it away and summer's like into it (laughs) yeah dude she's like that's this whole last episode and this episode he hasn't been like and also um in the if we can go all the way back to the previously on yeah they showed the clip of anna going confidence cohen and i thought oh is anna in this episode like (laughs) she's not but it's the whole confidence Cohen, which he's kind of done in the last two episodes. Yeah, and it's big like, time. Yeah, dude, it's fucking working. Working out, dude. Yeah, for sure. So Anna knows. So this is where they do the cute like hand gesture thing. Mm-hmm. And Seth's like doing these like Navy SEALs, like you go this way. Blah, blah, blah. And Summer's just like, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> she, I know they date like Adam Brody and Rachel Bilson dated for the majority of the show oh i don't remember i don't know when they started or stopped okay but you do kind of feel like they clearly are you know they're good together oh incredible chemistry between these two yeah yeah it's wonderful um so summer summer's going to run interference on julie while seth goes to warn marissa that she's on the way marissa and ryan 
And um, so then, so they break and Summer runs into Julie in her candy striper outfit. She's like, oh yeah, I was here volunteering and I thought I'd visit Coop. And um, she gets introduced to Dr. Burke and Summer's like, oh, you're a therapist? That's great because I've had I had this dream and she like goes into the detail about like some weird dream where she's like I'm in the woods and I have a dinner reservation but I can't find the restaurant like she's just going off beautiful stall. I put in my notes Summer does some quick thinking and some fast talking. At a girl, some. At a girl. You <laughs> she done fucking good, rises some. to the occasion. She truly does. And also smart for her to be like Seth, you go. <laughs> I'll yeah. deal with this. Don't let because Seth, Seth be your go, decoy. Seth will go, uh, hi, uh, uh, Ju- Miss Julie Cooper. Hi, hello. And Julie would hi. just blow right by him and he'd be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Summers, they definitely made the right call there. Um, so then we cut to Marissa's hospital room and um, they're, uh, Marissa's in the candy striper outfit. They're about to leave. They go to leave. They open the door and who's standing in the doorway? Not Seth. Did you did you say anything out loud during this point? Because I did. <laughs> did, you, did you say "fuck you, dude"? I go. I opened it up and I was like, "Fucking Luke!" Fucking Luke! Of course, of course, it's it's Luke, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, because I did, re- and like in the moment. I go, fucking Luke is there. Fuck you, Luke. You're fucking ruining everything. And then the next night I wrote, but just then, Luke helps them. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you're about to curse his name to the heavens. Yeah. He he does a real solid for them. So, yeah, he, He, yeah. I was going to say, and good, because last episode. (laughs) He fucked up. He looked real real bad. bad, Yeah. So. Yeah, this is this is when Luke kind of turns into turns into that puppy dog we've all been waiting for. So he comes, he's, he shows up. He's got flowers. He came to apologize to Marissa. Timing couldn't be worse. Real Jimmy Cooper timing on your part, Luke. Um, his uh, his bouquet of flowers was nicer than Ryan's, was, though. I the, mean, it's always gonna be, man, because he's because yeah. he's fucking he's the rich kid, rich boy polo player. Yep. He probably had somebody else go out and buy that bouquet and <laughs> hand it to him when he got to the door. Uh, he's come to apologize to Marissa because, you know, he done fucked up real bad. Marissa doesn't really want to hear any of that right now. Um, Seth pops in and he tells them that, like, Julie and Dr. Burke are going to be here any second now. And Luke's like, you're running away? And you think he's going to sell him out? But then he's just like, looks down the hallway he's like take the stairs i'll cover for you <laughs> and i'm just like all right good boy luke again in the in the jay and mitchell um recut of this similar to the you talk to my lawyer uh thing that we went off on yeah luke goes take the stairs and then he goes and he intercepts julie and dr burke and he's like i'm a scooper and he's like Hey, hey, Luke, this is Dr. Burke. And he goes, you're a therapist? Okay, because I've been having this dream. And then word for word, he does the one that Summer said. That would be insane. And I would love that. It's a funnier script. Oh, uh, see. It's a better script. 
you should have reached out to us. And then you we get a lot really of really punched up the script. You get a lot of reaction shots of Julie's mind just being absolutely blown open. She's just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going She's on? Like, Word for they're having the exact same dream. This is crazy. <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, so the kids, yeah, they dash out and uh, we cut to Club La Roca, which is a restaurant. And um, Jimmy and Kirsten walk in and Jimmy's kind of like, hey, are you sure this is cool? And Kirsten's like, yeah, yeah. Sandy's office said that uh, he and some colleagues were having drinks here. And uh, so it like, should be welcome, fine. welcome drinks. Welcome to the office which, drinks, right? Yeah. And then we go to Sandy at a table with just Rachel. Again, she's the only person who works here. <laughs> and it's Rachel going, uh, like her glass is empty, and the server is taking her glass, and she's like, "Can I get another margarita?" And then another one. She's drunk. She's like, she's drunk. And at the drunk. end, of, I I bring that up because at the end of the scene. <laughs> She does something weird. Oh, really? I might not have noticed that. I'll it's like to. subtly weird, but... Oh, it's my favorite kind. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she's drunk and being, you know, flirty with Sandy. And then Kirsten and Jimmy show up. And Sandy's like sh- kind of obviously shocked to see them there. He's like, what are you doing here? And uh, Kirsten's like, uh, Jimmy needs legal advice. And um, Rachel like you know figures out like oh that's your wife uh she's like you're lucky to be married to somebody that's so funny and kirsten goes well before kirsten goes you must be rachel and then sandy goes this is rachel and then rachel goes i'm rachel (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was very funny but also just like hey rachel read the room this is yeah this is an awkward situation for everybody (laughs) yeah you should be smarter than that you lawyer (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, she was drunk. Yeah, warrior. She was drunk and having a good time. And uh, maybe that's how she deals with tense situations. She just gets loud and obnoxious. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yes, she is Rachel. <laughs> and uh, Sid, yeah, Sandy's just kind of... Kirsten's like, I am. I'm so lucky to be married to such a funny guy. <laughs> Sandy's just kind of like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Well, this he's like, Jimmy, it. come to my office tomorrow. And Jimmy's like, tomorrow's too late. Which yeah, is like, I know. Is it? How is Julie moving so quick on this custody? <laughs> he's, she's like suing him for custody. It, I don't get it. It's nighttime. It's, he can't go to court tonight. At nighttime? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the morning should be fine. And is there a night, is there a night court that meets at like There is a midnight? night court. It was a TV show, but I <laughs> oh, don't. yeah. I don't know if it takes place in Newport. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I didn't understand that. Yeah, I didn't. This seemed this scene felt very like un Sandy Cohen to me because yeah. I feel like he is like and and later in in the next scene that he's in, he does a better job of like addressing it. But it was almost like he it was like he got caught. Yeah. Which I guess he kind of did. He kind of did. Of. He was getting drinks with a female coworker. Right. They weren't planning on like going to a hotel afterwards and fucking. Like they, they weren't like making out while when Kirsten yeah, showed up. Yeah. There there was no like hand touch. There was nothing. Like they were just going and getting drinks and like 
I feel like Rachel, you know, she's she seems to sort of be given some vibes towards Sandy. For sure. Sandy not so much reciprocating them. Yeah. But it was like he seemed so like quiet and and uncomfortable, which is so not like him. Yeah, it is that, weird. I feel like he he probably he probably felt like he I don't know. It's like there's a line and he was maybe like like inching his toe over it in this moment when Kirsten showed mm-hmm. up. And uh and so he probably felt guilty, especially when he saw how like cross Kirsten got with him. He was just like, Oh fuck, yeah, I, maybe I did maybe I did fuck up. I don't know. But yeah, yeah may- hard, I, maybe that is it. It's maybe hard it's to like say, but you're right. He was shame. Yeah, he was very reserved and yeah, I think he he kind of felt a little a little bit of shame in that moment. But uh yeah, he invites Jimmy to his office. Jimmy says, "Too late, whatever. Don't get that." Um Jimmy makes another smart move here and he fucking leaves. Yeah. <laughs> He's like I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> I immediately see what's going on here. Um, Jimmy making a lot of smart moves this episode. Uh, Kirsten Kirsten says to Sandy, I'll see you at home when you're done with work. Boom. This ain't Which, work. Which in the next scene with the two of them, she goes, so you're you're home from work? Or something like she says it again. Which is this is like, your new job? It was effective. It was effective the first time. Yeah, but you're kind of overdoing it. It's, it's 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 the only. It's all she's got. It's the only bullet she has in that gun. So the the this weird work, little huh? thing. So after Kirsten leaves, uh, Rachel like reaches over and grabs Sandy's margarita. Oh and really? I was like, is that hers? But it isn't because the server took hers and didn't bring her another one. <laughs> and I was just like, is she going to drink his margarita? Shit. I think she's an alcoholic. Mm. Or maybe she she's just Rachel. Felt, she's, I'm Rachel. Maybe she just felt uncomfortable. <laughs> and so she was just like, I'm just going to keep drinking. Yeah. Oh, Rachel. Yeah, it was weird. It was a very strange little back and forth. I guess because, yeah, I'm, I'm used to Sandy being like, confident and you know always doing the right thing right you know do-gooder kind of guy so yeah he's he was just kind of like almost kind of like shrugging in his chair it felt weird i didn't like it oh i totally agree it was an uncomfortable scene (laughs) so then we cut to uh jimmy's apartment and jimmy walks in and he flicks the lights on and all the kids pretty pretty sure jimmy walks in with california pizza kitchen oh yeah it looked it was the colors and i don't know if they greeked it learned that last episode there you go um but it was like a pizza box in a bag and i was like if you live in california do you you get california pizza kitchen that feels too on the nose <laughs> it's like um it's it's like the Little Caesars in California or in Newport. They're like it's on, on every, corner. every corner. They're hot and ready. You just <laughs> pop in. I mean, you still pay like $30 for a pizza, but it is ready to go. And Jimmy probably goes there often in his new mm-hmm. bachelor lifestyle. It did. It looked like pizza for one. Like it was a small pizza. Oh, Jimmy. It's like, I'm just going to go eat my pizza. 
By myself. By myself. Not like my daughter or all her friends are going to be in my living room. Wait! Uh-oh. They are! <laughs> I thought it was really I funny. I would have got that- a bigger pizza! <laughs> <laughs> Let's get more pizza, kids! <laughs> I thought it was really funny that he I'm like... fun dad! He Party wa- house! He walks in and you get like a... You get a kind of a wide shot of the room in the dark. And then he flips on the lights and the kids are all just sitting there. So they were just like sitting in his apartment... <laughs> in the dark for who knows how long or when they heard him coming they're like turn the lights off we'll surprise him (laughs) that was very that was an odd choice it's like they all walked in they're like should we it was super weird that they were just sitting in the dark should we cut the lights on no 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 my dad's really weird about electricity He owes like $4 million. He can't really pay utilities. Yeah. Yeah. We got to conserve. We got to conserve lights. Uh, <laughs> that was really funny. But yeah, all, all the kids are in Jimmy's apartment. Uh, we dipped a commercial. We come back and we're right where we left off. Um, Marissa tells Jimmy that uh, she checked out of the hospital. She's she's like, I'm fine. I just checked out. Uh, Jimmy's like, does your mom know? And Seth, Summer, and Ryan are just like, we're going to go wait in the car. Peace. They pulled a Jimmy Cooper in the last scene. They were like, we don't need to be here for this one. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go listen to Death Cab in the car. Um, Marissa says, uh, you know, she was going to like ship me off to San Diego. And Jimmy's like, what? And, yeah, uh, this is the first Jimmy heard of this. He he's realizing that she Julie went behind his back, and yeah, and he's also like, doctor. Of course, she did that. Like mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense for your mother. Um, Marissa tells Jimmy that she wants to live with him, and um, Jimmy tells Marissa that you know your mom's suing me for custody of you and your sister, and if I slip up in the smallest way you know i might never get the chance to see you again and so jimmy's phone rings and it's julie this was was a a good scene for jimmy jimmy needed a now i feel like was that seinfeld where the character is like speaking in the third person and he's like this jimmy that jimmy thinks this is a good scene (laughs) yeah yeah jimmy 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 did a good job on this one jimmy was a good dad in this scene <laughs> but no yeah he he like after last episode like i said he needed he needed a few scenes like this where you're like he does like his he loves his daughters he's a good he's, he's a good dad trying, he's doing the best he can yeah he sucks at life apparently but i mean when he's you try to at, be a good dad yeah when you look at his parenting skills next to julie cooper's father of the year and i don't mean that sarcastically like i said last episode (laughs) (laughs) like he he really cares and he listens and he tries to like work with his kids on a solution that'll like make everybody happy but unfortunately in this case his hands are kind of tied so julie calls jimmy and he tells julie that yeah like marissa's here and then we cut to the pier where all the kids are so i guess like oh no 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 i let me here's what i wrote yeah and this is also what we talked about last episode okay um when summer goes into the bathroom and closes the door calls ryan and seth marissa leaves so 
Julie calls Jimmy. He answers the phone. He goes outside. Marissa leaves. Y'all gotta stop making phone calls in other rooms. Marissa dips out when you do this. <laughs> yeah, he does. He kind of like goes on his like patio or whatever. You gotta stay like, in the same room with her. She leaves. She will dip at a moment's notice. All she's she's just waiting for you to walk out of that room. And she's like, I'm gone. He doesn't even like. He doesn't even close the door. I guess, I don't know if he lives on the first, if he has a balcony or yeah. what floor he's on or whatever, but he goes outside. The door is open. The blinds are open. If he even turned around and looked, yep. he would see her leaving, but he doesn't. Yeah. And they don't even, uh, the way that they cut to the, the kids on the pier, he's still talk Like he doesn't even look, turn around to see that she's gone. <laughs> Right, yeah. I kind of I kind of wonder if he like did that on purpose, like giving her an opportunity to leave. Like, oh. hey, I want to go outside and talk to your mom. If you're not here when I get back, you know, there's uh, not my fault cuz he's In the last in the last like 5 minutes, Jimmy Cooper is slowly making his way up my board. Yeah, he may like, get he may get MVP fucking, this that's episode. That's a fucking clutch dad thing to do of like, look, your mom is going to ship you off to San Diego. You don't want that. How can we outsmart her? Yeah. Here's what we can do. Um, so, yeah, he, he gives Marissa kind of an opening to leave. She dips. And then we cut to, like, the pier at night. Uh, all the kids walk in and eating pizza. I guess I guess they did get that pizza. And, yeah, uh, they're, <laughs> Jimmy inspired him. Yeah. Like, hey, let's go to the California pizza kitchen at the pier. And get a slice. <laughs> yeah. Your dad's, your dad walked in smelling real good. <laughs> I want some of that CPK. I said the core four got pizza because I think in a later episode, Taylor Townsend refers to them as the core four. I like that. Core and four. I like it. Yeah. So whatever it's the four of them. I usually say the core four. Core four. Even rhymes. Um, Marissa's kind of like, <laughs> what do I do? And Seth's like, uh, well, uh, we could hide you in uh, one of my mom's developments. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ryan. Mark it, dude. Mark it. Beep, 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 beep. Call back to Even the part two. where we say mark it. And then so it'll go mark it. That's what we call a callback. <laughs> Drop it. And then... Um, Seth and Summer are going to get more pizza, so they bail, and then uh, it's just... Um, CPK slices are small. You gotta they get more are. Than one. Teeny tiny. I was like, <laughs> y'all should have got personal pan pizzas, or large. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it'd be awkward, like, one of them walking, holding a box of pizza while everybody else kind of fishes. Well, Ryan pizza. doesn't even have... Ryan's holding a drink, yeah. which I was like, did he scarf his slice down, or Dude, was he just know like, Ryan's I'm a fast just gonna eater. get a drink? Yeah. He's like... Um, so it's just, uh, Ryan and Marissa and, you know, Ryan's, Ryan tells her, if your mom's doing all of this just to keep me from you, I'll stay away. And Marissa's like, I don't want that. (laughs) And then they both like smile at each other. And it was really like, it was really like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't remember the first time they kissed. I was like, is this the scene where they finally do the, I was kind of damn thing. I was almost. Ex- I was kind of expecting it right there, but it didn't happen. No, their first kiss. I remember you know how now. Romantic that I'm thinking about peers it. are. I kiss anyone on a pier. 
Yeah, Can't don't help it. Don't go near this guy on a pier. <laughs> He'll just grab you and kiss you. <laughs> I ask for consent first. <laughs> and if you say no, I'll say, but we're on a pier. <laughs> if you say no, I push you off the pier. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, Marissa says, uh, well, if I could just get my mom to listen. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a taller order than it should be, getting your mother to listen to you. But unfortunately, it is. Uh, and then we cut to Ryan. Kind of has this like, get your mom to listen to you, huh? And then we cut to the Cohen's living room with Kirsten. Wait, it uh, makes you think he's got some really elaborate scheme. Yeah. He doesn't. It's, it's a pretty simple plan. Literally that he just comes up with. Okay, so we'll talk to her then. <laughs> <laughs> Great plan, Ryan. We cut to the Cohen's living room. Uh, Kirsten's like sitting on the couch, like pissed off, <laughs> waiting for Sandy to get. Oh, like the couch that's facing the front door. So as soon as he walks in, poof, there she is. Yeah, and Sandy walks in, and. Um, yeah kirsten's pissed uh she comments on rachel's age she's like she doesn't look old enough to be a lawyer sandy's like she graduated like four years after you chill out because she's 30 she's 33 she graduated four years after you did yeah which is how old i am which you know i'm no lawyer but to think that i could look like i'm not old enough to be a lawyer is flattering but this is Rachel, not me we're talking about. Anyway. She looks she looks younger than you. <laughs> she does. Anyway, I thought I'm a hard 33. Never wear sunscreen. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Um, <laughs> also, you have a mustache. Maybe if Rachel had a mustache. She would yeah, that would age her up with little, little gray hairs in it. So, <laughs> Kirsten says something after that that didn't make any sense to me at all. And the fact that Sandy responded to the question also didn't make any sense to me at all. She says, what's her favorite color? What's her favorite color? What does that mean? And then he goes pink. Pink. Like, without hesitation. matter of fact, yeah. Maybe go, I don't know. Yeah. What? 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 What does that mean? Like, what? What is she getting at there, dude? You have any idea? Also, and it. No, but also, and it comes up in like the next couple sentences is Sandy doesn't know that Kirsten and Jimmy kissed. No. Like she didn't tell him that at all. Yeah. So in a way you're just like, what the fuck are you being so like defensive and like, and like weirdly like trying to prod at Sandy when like you have this secret that you haven't told him for real. And, and like, regardless of, you know, if you didn't initiate it, but you also could maybe mention it because I'm sure you'd like to know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What the fuck, Kirsten? You're not getting the MVP this episode. Mm-mm. Um, so yeah. And then Sandy brings up like, well, you were at Jimmy's apartment all weekend helping him paint and screw in light bulbs. And he's like, <laughs> he was like, he I, says, you spent the whole week painting with Jimmy Cooper and I didn't say a word because I knew nothing was going on. Right. And she's and like, she hesitates and she goes, right. Right. And she was, and he's like, he's like, oh, um, 
yeah, he's like, why did you guys show up there at the the restaurant? Uh, you and Jimmy and Kristen's like, oh, it's like custody stuff with Julie, and um, they kind of end the scene by like with like a he- very heated, like, I trust you. And then she's like, I it's, trust you too. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> it's, it's, if you picture two people who don't completely trust each other saying that they trust each other. Yep. That's the exchange. That's what it is. It's very. I think it was even like, I trust you. Okay. <laughs> she goes, I trust you. Okay. It's like they were daring like each other to weird, say it. Yeah. It sucks because I, this is like the first kind of time we've ever seen them not be completely madly in love, you know, the ultimate parents kind of thing. And you're just like, you guys got to get over this. This is, this is so small. Yeah. They're being, we need you. I mean, yeah, they're being tested They're And, um, I mean, that, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like, do you really trust each other? And I think they're questioning that for the first time, maybe ever. And yeah. it's going to be tough for both of them, but hey, which we've we've talked about, you know, like the the main staple couples of the show are Ryan and Marissa, Seth and Summer, Sandy and Kirsten, and I kind of like rewatching it. I kind of forgot how often because, like, I remembered Seth and Summer are a roller coaster, yeah. and Ryan and Marissa are a roller coaster, but like. Sandy and Kirsten are maybe not a roller coaster, but like they got some peaks and valleys for sure where there's like different, different people come in and out of the relation. Like I didn't remember that the fir- like first time watching it. Of, yeah. Like, I just always assume because later by like season four, I think summer even says to Seth, like I want a relationship like your parents, mm-hmm. like, like Sandy and Kirsten. And it's just like, you, like they by the end of the show they're they're great or whatever but there are like more than one occasions where you're just like yeah man i, I mean but they shit out yeah. which i guess is how relationships are so yeah that makes sense. you get there's challenges and then yeah they they always work them out though so but i mean it wouldn't be much of a show if they were just perfect all the time so it's it's kind of cool that they're able to introduce these very kind of like real world problems that kind of challenge their relationship in a way and 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 to see them kind of like pull through like those are those good moments those gratifying Mm -hmm. moments where they're you know where they where they they push through an obstacle and then they come out stronger on the other side it's great couple goals sandy kirsten so phone rings in the Kirsten's residence, and it's Ryan. Sandy answers it. Ryan's like... Landline or cell phone? Do we know? Oh, landline. Landline. (laughs) Nobody's fucking with cell phones. Nobody answers cell phones. Landline is for business. I think if it's just a casual thing... Yeah. Give a call to the cell phone. I noticed, like... If you need help... Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) If you need help, landline. Landline. Landline's way more important. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it now, like... Like Marissa calling Jimmy earlier doesn't answer. When Kirsten and Jimmy show up to the restaurant where Rachel and Sandy are, Kirsten's like, you didn't answer any of my calls on your cell, so I called your office and they said that you were here. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think people have cell phones. They just don't ever answer them. <laughs> also, maybe because they were kind of new. Yeah. You didn't. I mean, we fucking look at our phones every 10 seconds now. Yeah. So you could, you know, if if you had never had a cell phone before and then you had one, you might forget that it's in your pocket and then four or five hours go by and you look down and you're like, oh shit, I have missed calls. Yeah. Whereas now it's impossible to get a missed call because you're always doing something on your phone. Well, I'm just screening every call I get. Yeah. So that is a thing. If you like text somebody and hours go by, you're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Are they okay? I know they see my text. Yeah. I'm guilty of that sometimes. I'll just like, are they trapped in a goddamn well? That's the only reason I'm going to excuse this. Yeah. I haven't ever seen a well in my life, but I bet that's what happened. (laughs) So Ryan's, on the phone he's talking to sandy he's like um he's like i need he's with i'm I'm with marissa and i need your advice and sandy's like sandy gets an instant boner he's like i love giving advice (laughs) i'm so glad he's like i just kind of had a shitty moment with your mom yeah time for me to i want to be the dad now (laughs) (laughs) um so sandy Sandy drops another call back here uh, when uh, when Ryan mentions that, like, he, I guess he kind of, like, quickly expra- explains the situation. We don't hear it because he's, you know, we're staying on Sandy for this scene. Uh, Sandy just says, uh, you're not going to want to go to court. You're going to want to settle. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ryan. Boom. Callback. Mark it. Mark it. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're, I'm worried that this episode especially you're gonna have to do that like seven or eight times. I mean I'm actually marking it, so we got we got one, two, three, four, five, maybe six, five or six. We're good. There's another one later. Oh I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At baby. least one that I know of. So then we um cut to later at the Cohen's residence. Julie Cooper enters. And uh, Sandy greets her at the door. He escorts her to the kitchen. She's kind Julie of like... Julie Cooper, the door opens. Julie Cooper goes, what is going yeah, on? She's, <laughs> she comes in so hot. She's like, what is this bullshit? Why am I at your house right now? I got a picture like... Uh, uh, damn it. What's her name? Melinda... Ooh, the actor Clark? who plays Julie Cooper. Melinda Clark. Melinda Clark. Yeah. I got a picture that she has to like get so worked up before scenes. Oh yeah. Just like, you know, when you see like actors have to like get in, into character, like I picture she's just like outside of the door of the Cohen's house, just like going like, (laughs) (laughs) she's like, hang on. I wonder what is going on. What is going on? What is going on? And action. What is going on? (laughs) She like has to run to a Starbucks real quick to be like, can I speak to your manager? I want to speak to your manager. (laughs) Just to like get fired up for this scene. Because yeah, she comes in with some real care and energy. Aren't you Melinda? Aren't you Julie Cooper from the OC? Yes, but that is not the point here. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad you're a fan. I'll sign an autograph (laughs) later. I'm trying to get myself worked up for a scene right now. And you're my next victim. So 
she enters hot. She's pissed. And um, Sandy takes her to the kitchen. And who's sitting there by himself in the kitchen in the dark? Ryan Atwood. I forgot how this scene went. I kind of pictured, but I was also thinking of another scene that happens later in the show. Um, I pictured, I I thought that everyone was going to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm intervention. so glad it's just Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it's and just Ryan. Because it's not an intervention. <laughs> right. No. Like It's a confrontation. Yes. Um. So Julie sees Ryan. She's like, I should have known. Where's Marissa? Where's my daughter? Ryan's like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I also wish yeah. I wish Ryan had like tape around his wrists. Like, yeah. He's like rapping. Like getting ready. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know where your daughter is. She could be in Tijuana again. I don't know. But no. That just, sounds bad. I don't want Ryan to hit Julie Cooper and they're not. No, but he's intimidating but, her. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a fight is brewing. It, oh, it is. Um, Julie, <laughs> Julie says a says a line that's like uh feels very written. Right next, she says, "Sandy, I can't believe you're chaperoning this farce." This <laughs> is like a, it like makes sense. It's like that's exactly what he's doing. But of like, who talks like that? Yeah, chaperoning. Sandy this Cohen, farce. quid pro quo. <laughs> yeah. How dareth you? facilitate such a farce what is this in front of the presence of me your neighbor <laughs> what is this madam and then, Bovary? and then sandy and then uh seth pops up and goes who talks like that <laughs> call back call back market <laughs> um <laughs> sandy's like let's talk julie's like about what ryan's like if you have <laughs> If you ever want yeah, to see your daughter. Yeah, this is not the right thing to say. Yeah, and then Sandy's like, watch it. And I'm like, why did you invite Ryan in to be the person to talk? Like, they hate each other. Like, Ryan's just, like, he's just pushing her buttons at this point. Yeah, and, well, be- yeah. because the wording he uses there insinuates that he's kidnapped her. It sounds very much like he's kidnapped her. If you ever want to see your daughter again, you'll talk to me. Which he hasn't. She's in the next room. Right. I'm surprised you didn't see her on your way in, Julie. (laughs) She was doing the old uh, coat rack thing that Ryan taught her. Yeah, works out. (laughs) Um, So Ryan, Ryan informs Julie that Marissa ran away from her. And then he says, She ran away from you! She ran away from you! She don't run this away. Is, yeah, like Ryan has a a few levels. Yeah, this is like not a ten. This is like a nine point seven. Yeah, like this is as as intense as he can get without punching. I'm thinking ten is yeah, like when he fights his brother at yeah. the end of season two, big time. Um, Ryan Ryan tries to relate with her a little bit here. He says, you know. You're from Riverside. That's not too far from where I'm from. To which Julie looks over at She's Sandy like, like <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, like Sandy dropped that bomb on her. Like he knows. Yeah, Sandy knows. He he brought that up earlier in a in an earlier episode. It's yeah. not a secret. Yeah. And Ryan says, you know, this place has everything and you don't want to lose it. But what you want and what Marissa want are two different things. And then Julie says, you don't know what she wants. 
And Ryan says, I know what she doesn't want. San Diego. Living with you. Um, and then uh, Marissa emerges, like, kind of from behind Julie. And Kirsten's with Marissa. And uh, Marissa says, Mom, I, I know you're trying to help, but you're honestly, you're just making everything worse. And Julie, this is where Julie, like, this is where I kind of, like, feel for Julie. Because she starts crying. And she's like, I was so scared. Like, because I couldn't find you. I didn't know where you were. And um, I thought that was sweet. And Marissa says, I'm sorry. She says, I won't hurt myself again. I'll go to therapy. But I want to stay here. And I want to live with dad. And then you think it's going to be this, like, beautiful kind of like reconciliation moment i was gonna say you feel bad for julie cooper for like a five second. seconds yeah. because because then she, like a villain like she a goes, fucking this isn't over yeah. marissa <laughs> yeah like a fucking inspector gadget like fucking villain <laughs> she just like she like wipes her tears away and she's like this isn't over <laughs> like come on julie what would if your mom ever said that to you <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck? I'd be like, I know it's not over. You're my mom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we're going to continue to have a relationship. It may not be great, considering what a dick you're being. (laughs) Sorry. Um, this is when Ryan approaches Marissa after Julie storms out, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And Marissa hugs him, and then this is where she kisses him on the cheek. Boom! Planted one on him. I thought, yeah, I thought it was super sweet. And then, but also like Kirsten and Sandy are like right there, like watching this again. Yeah. Like I, I'm trying to recall any time that I have done like a public display of affection in front of my parents with like a girlfriend or whoever. This is like, it feels weird. Yeah. Mom and dad, close your eyes. Turn around. Yeah. We're going to go in the other room and kiss. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut by the pool and um, at the Cohen's house. And it's Seth and Summer there. And they're, I guess, just kind of hanging out, waiting for everything to unfold. Um, Seth's like, you know, after today, are you still going to ignore me? And Summer says, I can try. <laughs> so it's like, I admire your will. They're cute. She's, she's so like... They've kind of, and like he's in on the joke, so it like, yeah. it makes it sweeter. But like, she's turned like being mean to him into like this like flirty thing. Right. Where it wasn't in the first couple episodes, it was just her being mean. Right. Where it's like now, somehow, they, like because they've gone through a few things in the last couple episodes, where now it's just like, Oh yeah, they're clearly flirting with each other. They're like, you know, dipping their feet in the pool or whatever. Yeah, and the transition from that to what it is now, like, felt so natural. Like it, it, it's believable. It didn't just like happen out of nowhere. So you, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, as an audience, you're like, you're on board with that. You get that just from the way they they talk to each other, body language and stuff like that. Um, Kirsten enters and says. uh, Summer, you can take Marissa to her dad's. Seth and Summer kind of exchange, they exchange like a, 
a very nice smile as Summer exits. I was like, okay, yeah. And then Kirsten says to... Yeah, Seth says something like, uh, I, I didn't write it down, but he's like, bye, Summer. And she like turns and gives him like a fuck you scowl, and then it turns into a smile. Ah. And, he wa- and she walks off. And then Seth to Kirsten goes, that's just something we do. Yeah. That's what we do. This is our, <laughs> this is our little thing. And then Kirsten's like, all right, let's talk about that surprise trip to Tijuana. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ryan. Market! Um, and then Seth says, Mom, it's pronounced Tijuana. You're so white. <laughs> You're so white, Mom. You're so white, Mom. Um, then we cut to the Cohen's kitchen with Ryan and Sandy. And Sandy says, I never heard... I really love this scene. Sandy was like, I've never heard you talk so much. And Ryan says, <laughs> Ryan says I save it for when it counts. And Sandy's like, uh, I heard about the, the test. He's like, you should go You should go talk to Dr. Kim. I'm sure like, if you explain yourself, she'll understand. Ryan's like, I don't know. This is where Sandy's like, you went toe-to-toe with Julie Cooper, the dragon lady. The dragon lady. You can talk to Dr. Kim. He's like, plus... I got your back. And I thought that was like, ooh, bro. We needed this because, like, yeah, because the whole Sandy and Rachel thing has kind of been progressing. Yeah. And like I said, the scene in the restaurant, I didn't, I, it didn't feel like a Sandy Cohen scene and I, I didn't like it. And like, also last episode, the kids were in Tijuana the whole time, so we didn't really have any... Like, So it's been a few episodes since we've had that Sandy Cohen dad speech. Love it. Thing that he's so fucking good at doing. Love and like, it. Yeah, it's, this was great. This was a return to form. Yes, yes. Sandy Cohen. Absolutely. So then we cut... And also, yeah. like, Sandy is fucking proud as shit at Ryan for standing up to Julie Cooper. Because, Hell yeah, as he should be. Yeah. Because nobody, I don't think anyone in the neighborhood has ever done that. Nope. You know, you got to hand it to Ryan. He, he handled himself really well. Kid's got balls, man. OC MVP, episode eight, all I'm saying. Big old balls. Who, Ryan? <laughs> Probably Ryan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, think it has to be. I think it has to be. So, Chino balls. <laughs> um. So then we cut to Harbor, Harbor Prep School. It's daytime. I guess it's the next day. Seth and Sandy are hanging out outside. Um, Sandy's like, so you and uh, Summer are getting kind of chummy. So it's like, chummy. This is the best. Yeah. So Sandy's like, you can tell me. So it's like, no. And Sandy's like, who who then? Who are you going to tell? And says so like, uh, or who are you going to talk to? Says so like, I don't know, Ryan, mom, a tree over there. Sandy's like, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Says so like, when you leaving? And then he kind of like f- flicks Sandy. And then Sandy starts kind of like, they kind of horseplay. Like Sandy starts kind of like batting at his head and stuff. And yeah. it's just like, God. I thought he was going to give him like a noogie I or know. something. Like, I love just, it so they're much. They're just fooling around. And what, 
what the best part of it's like as soon as they they start doing that uh dr kim and ryan like come out of dr kim's office and then they have to like like they like, catch themselves <laughs> and they have to like straighten up and just be like oh we were we oh we're yes we're very mature adults <laughs> like we weren't She's just like, horse i playing. see i see where seth gets his interestingness from <laughs> ah i see you love your son and he loves you back <laughs> interesting <laughs> i don't see that very often here at harbor school we don't value love and camaraderie between family members here <laughs> not expressed in that way uh so uh so yeah they come out and sandy's like what's the verdict because he's a lawyer <laughs> that's how lawyers talk Dr. Kim's like, <laughs> lawyer talk yeah dr kim's like he passed yay ryan's gonna yay! go to the school and so it's like hey congrats man you're a pirate now and it's like pirate and they seth does like a little they do a hook thing with his uh, i want to i want to believe that that was improvised oh that was totally improvised because like seth does it to ryan he's like yeah like does the hook thing with his fingers and then ryan's kind of like what and then he like starts <laughs> to do it and then they like do a hook handshake it's great um and then uh dr kim says welcome to harbor i'll be watching you ryan atwood <laughs> like okay geez there's always something <laughs> always something looming over this kid yes um okay and then here we go seth says uh all right man well let's go get your uh id photo and Ryan says, uh, you mean mugshot? And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ryan. Mark it. Mark it. Sandy. All right, uh, do you want to be, do you want to be Sandy or Seth? In this next little exchange? Yeah. I'll be Sandy. Okay. So I'll go, I don't know verbatim. I just kind of like paraphrased it, but I'll, I'll do my best. Hey, here's yeah. my ID. Dad, those eyebrows are out of control. They're a sign of power. Well, then you must be the most powerful man in the world. Brace yourself, son. It's genetics. <laughs> <laughs> so That's great. fucking great. So That's great. how you end the episode. We have had so many downer episode endings. 100%. And like this one, there's a Guster song playing in the background yep, that's really nice and upbeat that I really like. It's daytime. It's just, I was like... It filled me with joy. Yeah, we needed a feel-good ending for sure. And I think they yeah. knew that. And they're like, we're going to send you guys off floating at this episode. Like, after the Tijuana episode, man, that was like some heavy shit. So, yeah, we all we need a break from that vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good music episode. There was a... Oh, fuck. I didn't write that... It's a Guster song that isn't the Guster song that everybody knows. Um, <laughs> it's, it's called Keep It Together I, is the name of the song. Yeah. I feel like they got kind of a uh, the rap of like a band that only has like one kind of radio hit that's yeah. a little a little cheesy. So people assume like that's what they're. And granted, they're kind of cheesy. Like they're, their upbeat oh. songs are pretty upbeat. But this one is so perfect for the scene yeah and then they had that nicely. paul westerberg song that i really liked mm -hmm. and then i noticed i i recognized the song from the um the the restaurant scene with with sandy and rachel when kirsten and and um jimmy come in mm -hmm. and i i looked it up and it's air which oh, is oh yeah i remember them 
which is it's it's an interesting choice because they're in a Mexican restaurant, right? An air like French, French band, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the song works really well in the scene. It 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 sort of it's like an instrumental kind of thing, and and so it it made sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, good episode, man. I I was very I, I enjoyed this one very much. You know. I think every character kind of developed a little bit. Relationships developed a, a good bit. And um, even like the characters that annoyed the shit out of me previously, Jimmy and Marissa, like um, they were they were great in this episode. Even Julie as the villain was great in this episode. And she had like an arc. And yeah, this was a good one. Yeah, you need a bad guy. And she is so good at it. Yeah. You, they managed to have conflict without, without, um, I don't know, just making it unbearable to watch, <laughs> which is a big plus. So, but even like we said, like we kind of justified her intentions for what she was doing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like completely like, why are you doing this? I just want to watch the world burn. Right. It's like, yeah. No, she's, she's, she thinks she's doing the right thing. So Sure, yeah. So who you got for the MVP? Ryan. Ryan Atwood. He uh, went toe-to-toe with Julie Cooper, the dragon lady. The dragon lady. lady, yeah. The only other, maybe honorable mention for Jimmy Cooper, just for, just for coming such a long way from where he's been in the, for the rest of the, sh- for the previous, like, seven episodes of the show. Yeah. Like he didn't, he um, didn't do great. Like he didn't do much. He didn't do. He doesn't get MVP. But I would say, in terms of like, you know, uh, likability, <laughs> he he's come quite so, a long way this episode. Uh, some leagues give the comeback player of the year. Ah, I'd give Jimmy Cooper the comeback player or most improved player. <laughs> Definitely most improved for this app. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, right. I'd say Ryan gets the MVP. He he was super clutch, hiding in that bathroom, you know, fucking ditch, Twice. <laughs> ditching his placement exam to go rescue Marissa, like caring for others above himself. Good good lad, that Ryan. So did he get to retake that exam? I think he... That's a great question. I think he probably talked it through with dr kim it looked like when he threw it down on her desk it looked like it was like pretty much finished so that's I wonder, what i thought i wonder if like, she he was only just had a like a few more left and like if he got majority of them right yeah i think he just had to pass right yeah which he probably could have like not answered the last few questions and still passed because he's a genius god this fucking test score the way this guy takes tests it's beautiful. It's like it's like poetry. It's like listening to Miles Davis watching this kid take a test. Miles Davis of test taking. <laughs> All right, man, you got anything else? That is it. I um I I've been watching the DVDs and episode 8 is actually like the end of a disc. Mm. So I don't even remember what comes next and i'm kind of excited about that i feel like this was like a nice button on i assume next episode is like the beginning of the school year so like again them ending with this like really upbeat positive happy scene was like all right and now summer is over 
Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Because we got plenty more OC on the way. So until yeah. next time. <laughs> We're eight episodes down. Yep. We got a lot, a lot more to talk about. Uh, until next time, guys, we will OC you later. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. We, you can check us out. Um, we're trying to do this every Wednesday. So we missed a week for an important reason. Uh, so <laughs> check back or just subscribe and it'll come out when it comes out. Uh, if you want to contact us, we're at J and Mitchell's the OC podcast at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at Mitchell Hardage, H A R D A G E. I'm at Jay the Instagram. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please give us a nice review and um, five stars. Uh, four stars if you want, but five stars would be way better. So um, <laughs> Just be honest. Yeah, thank you so much for listening and make it to the end of this episode. I know that they're long, but uh, you know, I, we're, it's what we're doing. So <laughs> thanks for listening. It is what and, it is. Uh, and we apologize for nothing. Uh, <laughs> this is Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. We'll uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Podcast is a Kitty Wing production. <laughs> <laughs>